Welcome to PowerPlay. I'm Sam DeLev, but in Port Ruby, I'm Dr. Caden D'Alto. What you are about to hear is the audio from our Twitch stream. If you'd like to watch the show, it's live on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash qtimes, q-u-e-u-e-t-i-m-e-s, or you can catch up with our archives on YouTube. For more information, follow us on Twitter at PowerPlayRPG. Hello, uh, and uh, welcome to the first ever PowerPlay Q&A. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Rick Budd, and uh, I have chosen to wear a shirt with a collar on it, so in case the questions get, you know, a little too deep, I have something to pull on. Um, and, uh, yeah, of course, you know, these wonderful people, uh, in no particular order, uh, Caitlin Bruder, uh, our Benny Beckett, and uh, Sam DeLev, uh, our Cadrax, and B. Zelda, our Ulez Galli, we greet you. And um, uh, Omar Najam, of course, Vion Vigor. Uh, how y'all doing? Hecking wonderful. <laughs> and really excited to answer some, like, some questions, but also a little, a little overwhelmed at the questions, you know? So I think this is going to be delightful. Oh, my God. Yeah, so many of these questions are great. Uh, and thank you for everybody who submitted questions. Um, but first, uh, as usual, special thanks to Jake and Lauren and the mods and everybody at... LGBTQ times uh, for uh, doing what they do and, and making this platform, uh, you know, just amazing and, and available for us. Um, uh, we love you all. And uh, your subs and your bits help support Q times, and that is greatly appreciated. Tonight, uh, there is no tip jar, um, no reward tiers or anything like that. This one's, you know, just for the fun of it. Uh, but of course, you can always help us by liking and commenting on our YouTube videos or rating our podcast, sharing our, you know, promotional tweets and stuff like that. We really appreciate all that stuff too. Um, and you can get PowerPlay merchandise. Uh, there are t-shirts and stickers that have Caitlin's incredible character art on them. Uh, and Jake will pump that link into the chat for you for the, uh, you can get that at the Q Times Teespring store. Um, you can follow the show at, at PowerPlayRPG on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and PowerPlay is, of course, now available as a podcast for the podcast inclined, et cetera, et cetera. Um, PowerPlay season three starts next week. Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, right here on Q Times. And um, as for tonight, we got a ton of great questions to get through. I'm going to try and include at least one question from everyone who submitted. I don't know how many we're going to be able to get to, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Um, and uh, if we don't get to your question, please know that we really appreciate your submission anyway. And um, also, we have a special surprise for the middle of the show, so stick around for that. And uh, that's the announcements. Time for the Power Play Q&A. Welcome back. Um, all right, so let's just get right to this. Uh, we decided to go moderator list, you know, because we just thought it would be fun to ask questions of each other. I will ask questions uh, to the individual cast members or to the group as a whole, and then I'll, I'll call on them to ask the questions that were directed at me, and uh, hopefully it won't be a complete mess. So uh, let's start first. We got a question uh, from Leia Sky, um, who wants to know uh, what the inspiration for the characters were. <laughs> 
was. So, um, I, you know, in, here, I'm going to roll for the order here. Uh, B. Zelda, uh, <laughs> what was the inspiration for Ula's Galley? Oh, no. Um, I don't think I had any, like, clear inspiration other than the fact that I think robots are cool and I've always wanted to play a robot. Um, so I don't know if that in itself is inspiration. My own, like, very powerful desires to play a creature that didn't have the emotional expression to be able to survive in Earth and that they would eventually learn all of the feelings and all of the joys of what it is like to be a human almost, you know? I've always wanted to go through that. And I think Power Play has been a wonderful vessel to take Ulez through that journey. Oh, yeah, you've been great. Oh, my God, I love Ulez. Um, and uh, uh, Sam Dlev, uh, tell us about Cadrex. Uh, like B, I don't really think of my characters as being inspired by anything. I mostly pick little definite, ro like, road markers and then figure out the Sudoku puzzle of who the character is on that basis. I knew I didn't want to play like a standard human with powers because I have been in like superhero stories before and I had done that. So I was like, okay, I'll be an alien. Um, and then I figured out like what sort of superpower I wanted to have. I was like, Ice powers. No, I did that once in a home game with Rick. I, if he remembers that, then I would be super unoriginal. He didn't remember that. I could have just gotten away with it again. Uh, but I figured out a power that also could be used in lots of different ways. Because, like, you can throw an ice spike or, like, build, like, a May ice wall or use ice for mobility. And I wanted something as versatile as that. And then I settled on sound. And so it was mostly just, like figuring out the kinds of things I wanted and then filling the numbers of the puzzle because the nine can't go here. There's already one over here until I ended up with a character. And, and, and a fantastic character it is. Um, Caitlin Bruder, tell us uh, where the idea for Benny Beckett came from. So when my friend and I were very little, like middle schoolers, we used to write superhero stories all the time. And uh, just even if it wasn't like superhero genre, it was like people with superpowers, like stuff like that powered, powered individuals. And this friend helped me um, kind of when I would pitch stuff at her and she would help me come up stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, I've just rebuilt this character we wrote when we were 14, but better. Um, and her name was Piper Rhodes. And she was just kind of an angry little spitfire. And I didn't end up doing so exactly the same character, but it was the fire powers and the um, the part that was to me for her was the most, um, the thing that I wanted to use was the having this destructive ability and being afraid of it, like being afraid of a part of yourself. And I thought that would be a really interesting way to go. But Benny Beckett is 100% inspired by a character my friend and I made when I was uh, a middle schooler. <laughs> that is so cool. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Uh, so, wow, it's like I'm learning a ton already. We've had three answers. Okay. Um, and uh, Omar, talk to us about Vion. Okay. So, um, I want to, I, I, I do, I want to say that it's a mix because uh, you, you were talking about Justice League Unlimited when we were first um, talking about the show, Rick, forever ago. And I'm a huge JLU fan, like a massive, absolute JLU fan. And, you know, in the Justice League Unlimited, there is a character called Vigilante, who is this cowboy, um, voiced by Nathan Fillion, I believe, in the cartoon. And yep. I just love 
the iconography of him. Like I collected his comics. Like I just, there's something about just like a cowboy with like a bandana up. that's doing some good. That's really cool. And, um, a mixture of that and turning 30, uh, I think <laughs> at a certain point, you're just like, okay, I'm becoming a ghost in a way, um, was like a mixture that sort of fed into this. And that's where I really believed it was until, um, friend of the show, Dale Kingsmill, um, messaged me one day and said, yeah, you remember that character we came up with? Dale and I built out a comic book universe that like had like a five-year plan and would have like, um, like a bunch of different like world, like the street team and like the celestial team and how they would like every year would have like the crossover in the summer and stuff. Um, and there was a character called Spirit of the West that I'd forgotten. So the answer is really, I stole it from Dale. <laughs> huh. Wow, no wonder she's hacking into your Twitter account all the wow. time. So nice <laughs> things about herself. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my God. That's incredible. Wow. This is like super educational. Like I didn't know like <laughs> half this stuff from anybody. Okay. Um, all right. So that was the first group question. Now we're going to try the first one that's directed at me. Let's see how this works. Um, uh, B read the first question, uh, uh that we, we gave you. Yeah. So this is a question from night dragon. Rick, what is the biggest curveball that the players us have thrown at you? Okay, so I, I, you know, I, I saw this question when it came in, and I have been thinking about it a little bit. And this is really hard because there have been like a ton of curves. It's like when, really? I, when yeah, oh my god, you know, when I when I played a game, it's like you know, it is sort of like every game turns out to be like the result of my loose expectations colliding with the actual decisions getting made, and it's like, you know, there are you know there are little curveballs like you know like the first time. B decided to pass over one of their turns to get trouble in the middle of combat, you know, which was just like, I, I, you know, something I almost never see in a game like anybody does. It was just like amazing. Uh, two huge curves, like, you know, like Sam deciding to join up with Curtis Haber, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I remember talking with someone that I bounced ideas off of before the game, and I was like, 99% chance no one is taking Curtis Haber up on this <laughs> offer, but if somebody does, it's going to be Sam. So it's like, you know, after thinking about this really hard, I would say the answer has to be uh, in season two in the game uh, called Endeavor. Um, I had given you all the van, you know, that the audience had bought you the van and we got you like a turbo boost and we got you like all this cool van stuff. And I wanted to give you a chance to use all the cool stuff on the van. So I planned out like a, an escort mission, you know, where you, you'd, you'd capture, uh, you'd get Declan Eklund and have to take him back to, you know, end headquarters. And, and I planned this massive like car chase with like, you know, pursuits and helicopters and bridge jumps and traps and all this. I mean, I went nuts with just like every possible thing you could do, route, different routes you could take through port ruby and then omar is just like all right i'll take the van and go a different way and distract the police and you guys take the ferry back and i was just like ah, uh, ah, uh, okay oh my word rick oh yeah i think so, i said this on stream but before the stream rick sent me he's like J here's all the car sets driver and i was like oh shoot so i like i had read up on all of the like driving and you can hear like rules references he's dropping earlier in the episode that would yeah. pertain to a chase like you you can hear the signals and it makes the swerve all the sweeter it's so good yeah. it's so good that's it's one of my my favorites too i think i love that <laughs> Yeah, so like everything that happens from the moment uh, that Omar does that on is 100% improv. Like, you know, the character of Noah Rose, like, created on the spot for that, you know, now is going to become, like, a thing, and, you know, and it's just, like, uh, you know, I just that was just one of the ultimate, like, oh, it literally never occurred to me that they could even do that, you know? Um, 
so that's that's what it's got to be for me and i i know that night dragon also asked uh all of you to answer the same question but in reverse what's the biggest curve i ever threw at you so uh why don't we go like in reverse order we'll start with what uh, this is probably wow. it this is my answer um <laughs> rick has died <laughs> <laughs> uh are you back with us hello yep we can kind of see you apparently i did have freezing powers this whole time uh-oh what's going <laughs> on oh i think you're good now there was just it was yeah. such a wonderful moment where you tried to like intro what is the biggest curveball that you've thrown at us and then you froze oh the huh. drama, it was all there. It was okay, Iron yeah. Man taking Thor out in Avengers, where mm -hmm. we were just all Loki, like, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just do that. Yeah, I just. Um, so, yeah, Omar. I mean, can we talk about Sam's character? I, like, I think that's the answer. Like, I want to come up with a fun creative, like, oh, what a great, what a great, that panelist really came from the out of left field. No, this is right down the center um, at home. Like, it was just here, like, my, my character is like, talking about death and considering this and then like you know cadrex and 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 beyond had discussed it a little bit and like what immortality means and stuff like that and then it's us like we're it's us so i'm just like okay and i keep having these plans i'm just like here's what i'm gonna do like maybe i'll do this maybe i can phase this and then ricky just like yeah by the way um cadrex is dead it's <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. okay well great <laughs> Good show, everyone. I guess I gotta go sleep now. That that's it for me. I I'm sorry if I stole that answer from everyone, but I, say I never show. don't tell people about things like the power I was getting that season. I like I like being open with my fellow players because like I don't know, keeping secrets and being like hee 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 feels like such a jerk move, but occasionally Sam can have a little jerk. And, and you kept it. It's not even because afterwards, like, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll say this really quickly. Afterwards, like, we were just like, what happened? Like, we didn't know any of this, right? So we're just like, what's happening? And Sam, you're just like, I don't know. I guess, um, I don't know, maybe I guess I'll roll something up. <laughs> we're like, what do you mean you'll roll Your something casual up? Casual attitude destroyed us. <laughs> how did, I don't know how Rick let me have that power. I went, we, we have like our call with Rick where like we talk about like what major change we want. And like, I had a list because I assumed that one would not be allowed. <laughs> I assumed, I was like, I'm gonna pitch you this and you're gonna say no and I'm fine with it. But you know, I want, I, I have to try. And then it was like, okay, yeah. And unfortunately the only way to show that power in play is. I mean, yeah. That was one of the certainly the biggest curves anyone ever threw at me was when Sam asked to be immortal and like I thought about it for a second and I was like our own Doctor Who, huh? You know, it's like, yeah. uh, it's like you know, it's like you can definitely create great drama with a character who can keep coming back at you. And it was just like you know, I don't know, it it, it was it was great. Um, it's Cadrex, so, Doctor Who, Doctor Doctor Cadrex. <gasps> Doctor Cadrex, that's right. Our answer. own doctor, yeah. Yep. Now I know the answer to the age-old question, Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cadrex. <laughs> but riffing off of that, um, mm -hmm. the the swerve for me was definite. Well, apart from the specific moment, I really didn't think that I would get stabbed in that moment. It was really obvious in retrospect because wow, I failed lots of social checks, but in the moment, I was a surprised Pikachu when I got stabbed. Um, but 
It was the person who did the stabbing that surprised me. I had no expectation about the existence of Sonny at all. I had no clue that my mentor might have a son. I had never built that in. I never had any notion of that person's existence or like ever thought that some, like one of my people, let alone a knight, would come to our world because that's scary. Good thing that's all taken care of. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to leave you alone from here on out. Um, Caitlin? Yeah, um, actually, the most recent episode I was in, the necklace being around since the dawn of time threw me for the biggest loop. <laughs> like, there's, like, at the end, like, if you watch that episode, I'm sure I, I react so big, but I, like, almost fell out of my chair. I was so, like, I was like, I have to go. Like, you can't, you can't do this to me. So, yeah. Um, uh, I moment you for the neck like what I wanted to do like thoughts about it but then you threw me that I was like well now it has to be a priority <laughs> like that moment is captured in a gif that you can find on Twitter which is like my new favorite gif in the world oh, Caitlin almost falling out of her chair <laughs> that one got me pretty good I will say <laughs> uh, be Zelda Okay, my curveball, I don't even know if it's so much of a curveball and more of just like, I'm really easily surprised. Um, <laughs> but when you took Tules from us, I was emotionally and physically crushed. Mm -hmm. I genuinely did not think you would stoop so low <laughs> as to hurt me that way. And you for it so personally that's the one that hit me the hardest beyond like what everybody else answered because like Cadrax getting stabbed like I still I wake up in cold sweats and think about that you know <laughs> yeah no I'm the worst I will there, there is no there is no bottom to how low I will stoop um, oh, Rick. <laughs> all right so moving along um now we got some questions for people as individuals um and uh we're gonna go back again the other way B um, what is Ulez's favorite plant? Asks Librarian Liz. Yeah, uh, the Monstera plant. Because the name sounds scary, but the plant itself is beautiful. And the more that it thrives, the stranger it gets. And there's something that Ulez finds simply wonderful about that. But they're most visited. Are trees plants? I don't know. I feel like I should know that. We're going to leave the answer with the Monstera or a willow tree. I love that. A nice, strong, thematic answer. That's fantastic. Right. Um, it makes me love Ulez even, Ulez even more, which <laughs> everything about Ulez does, like, it's really quite a knack you have. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Thank you. There was a second half to this, but I want it to be a speed round. Real fast, off the top of your head, everybody else, what's your character's favorite plant? Sam. Hello. Because someone else already said it and you asked for the top of my head. Caitlin. Probably some some sort of succulent or thing that can deal with heat and not have to be dealt with very often. Or <laughs> what what would make you say that at this moment, um, <laughs> Omar? <laughs> uh, coffee plant. That's Solid. All right, Caitlin. Did Benny ever get a chance to use her powers for fun back home, or was it all just accident and troubles? Asks Scott Maitland. Oh, definitely all accidents and troubles. She's, I was very excited that we got to do Benny's Baxter episode as a kid episode because we really got to like see how long Benny's been afraid of herself, I guess. 
but she does she didn't she doesn't that was like the first time she ever used it was in like on purpose was in the the solo title and then i don't think she used it on purpose again until what episode two or three of Powerpoint? <laughs> like she doesn't like using it. And so like the fact that she uses it pretty regularly now and like the main campaign title is like huge in the timeline of how, how her powers have developed. She's been afraid of it since she, since it manifested, she doesn't like using it. She doesn't like using it on purpose even now. Sometimes it's a little, little much, but yeah, no, she didn't. She probably only used it on purpose that one time as a kid. Man, that first moment where Benny burst all into flames is one of my favorite, you know, I just, um, Sam, uh, reverse Aquamath asks, um, Cadrax behaves remarkably similar to Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you choose the name as a reference to that character or was their behavior inspired by the name afterwards or just none of the above? Uh, I think maybe at some time it occurred to me that like Drax names existed. Um, I play a lot of um, very literal characters. It is if like if you go back into the Tempting Fate archive, which is like pretty much my entire range as a performer, unfortunately, um, you'll see that I go through those a fair amount. Um, it's a it's a comfort zone for me for reasons we don't need to speculate on here. Um, but I just figured that X names sound. Uh, alien, and there was a thing, wasn't there? Be where I we just both had talk about that. Yes, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we both had X. dual because we had both X names, and then, and by dual, I mean we were both willing to give up that letter. Yeah. Um, it, very Canadian kind of dual, you know. It's like, no, you take it. No, you take it. it. No, this is for you. Um, and then ultimately, Cadrax became like the iconic name. Yeah. I think Canadian duel where two people are trying to out nice each other is my new favorite expression. <laughs> my favorite way of describing a courtesy war I've ever heard. I would like to adopt it, please, if you would allow. All yours. I would love Thank to be adopted. <laughs> it just happened. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That'd be> so <laughs> nice. Um, Omar. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go back to Librarian Liz again, who asked, where do all of Omar's, I mean, Vion's amazing story ideas come from? Oh my gosh, life and therapy. It's <laughs> just the honest answer for going quick. Well, yeah, that pretty much says it all. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go to Caitlin um, for uh, the question from Anon. There's a very loud motorcycle outside. Um, so Anon asks Rick, other than comic books, what media influenced the world building of PowerPlay? Okay, uh, yeah, obviously comic books. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, um, certainly, you know, the MCU, like uh, I did sort of start off being like, I'd love to do a role-playing game that's sort of our own little MCU that's got lots of characters and lots of continuity and long-building storylines. Uh, and like Omar said, JLU, which is one of my all-time favorite cartoons of history. I mean, uh, I just, you know, they, they, they just are the, the, the gold standard for how to ha handle superhero storytelling. Um, but then like in a less obvious way, uh, I'd say like Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, the way they handle continuity and character work and theme, 
Um, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm in awe of basically every single episode of that show. Um, and then, you know, lots of stuff uh, like, like, you know, shows like, you know, long continuity shows like Lost that have sort of like, a, you know, dozens of characters and building mysteries. Um, and then less obvious stuff, you know, I, 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 you know, it's not, you know, it's not a pop fave for a lot of people, but I thought a lot about the show Burn Notice, um, which is like sort of like a team based mission show where like a group of four people are always going out and running these sort of very tightly drawn missions that, you know, kind of seem impossible, but they kind of have to get their way through. And, you know, it's like the, the writing is really cool as far as like, you know, what does cool, fun team based mission stuff look like? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's enough of that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the next question, yeah, we're, we're, we're burning through this. This is great. Um, okay. So speaking of people who hack into Omar's Twitter account to say nice things about themselves, uh, the next question comes from the amazing Dale Kingsmill, um, who you should definitely go check out her incredible videos on YouTube. Uh, and that is was- true. I'll agree to that. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite people to play with, uh, you know, in, in all those Origins games. Dale asks everybody, how did you each decide what you would write for your character's dream in the Origin episode? So let's start with Caitlin. So I had, uh, my stipulations were, it couldn't be, it wasn't going to be how she got her powers but also she was 13 and only had her powers for a few years. So I, did, I had a very narrow time, time frame with which, cause I was like, I wanted it to be about fire and about like how she's been, been able to slash unable to deal with it. So I was like, okay, that's a very, I have to, to find a story. I've already done a happy memory. And I kind of knew where this story was gonna go, like the, the solo episode. And so I was like, okay, so, Hopefully, by the end of the solo episode, she will have gotten to use her powers on purpose. That was kind of like my hope for it. So I was like, so I think I want to do a, a, a moment for her where she felt out of control and it was frustrating and miserable. And writing from the perspective of a kid is always really fun and whimsical and sometimes really hard. <laughs> um, so I really, yeah, I was just trying to find something that like, something about her about the her relationship with the fire up until that point like her early relationship with with burning and that was kind of and then it just kind of i poked at it for a long time until i finally sat down and just cranked the whole thing out but yeah now that was just kind of yeah young and fire that was that was yeah that's how it came yeah. to be <laughs> That story was fire oh my god setting <laughs> our emotions aflame um yeah oh my god uh sandwich Oh, geez. Um, this poor cast heard me agonize because I don't with with writing the word things. Uh, I, I, I don't like in practice, in terms of like performing the action. I do not write the word things. And many people around me with great talent do. Uh, so I freaked out. Fortunately, um, I sudokued myself in once again into what I wanted to do because in some ways uh, the bonus story is about what I might have done if I hadn't done the origin uh, that I did. That was the other kind of option. And I 
liked them because the mentorship uh, resonated together. I ended up looking at two stories of um, Cadrax and mentorship with, um, gosh, that, 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 that's just a sad theme now, I guess. Um, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't sign up to be Cadrax's mentor. It's not. <laughs> it, it really is, but uh, it it covered a beat about Cadrax that I had been wanting to hit more directly for a while, and so it was like seizing an opportunity that I had, and then agonizing. Lots of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can you can say whatever you want, but you are a freaking amazing writer, and that story was utterly devastating and incredible. I wish I could him down. <laughs> yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna sit there and take the nice things I have to say about you. Goddamn mm -hmm. it, I'm gonna win this Canadian niceness. Okay, yes. so, um, B. Yeah. Um. So first off, you you come to me and you're like, "Hey, I need a dream from Ulez," and I'm like, "Fuck, Ulez doesn't dream." What? How do I, just, how, how do I handle this? And like, it's one thing when we met um, the person who was able to kind of like tap into our memories into like our dream memories. But I interpreted that as like your, like your data, your data storage, like with Ulez. So I'm like, dream, dream. How do I handle this? What do I do? What do I do? And true to form, um, well, Sam is very good on the spot. I like to prepare 30 minutes before. Um, so I did, and it finally came to me that like a common theme with Ulez is the discussion of how they don't understand death. They don't understand murder. There's just so much about the afterlife that does not register with their own conscious because it doesn't, it's what they've never, they've never grown up with that. So the idea of the dream being when Ulez was being upgraded, as they grow up, their parts change. They start to fulfill whatever role they have gone to school for, that it just kind of felt right to be able to make this dream sequence about their upgrade and the things that they saw and feeling that like inkling of ambition because it was another Ulez as memories that kind of get passed down through the storage, be it in the arms, be it in the head, be it in the eyes. Um, and then that just kind of grew on its own and it became something that I really fell in love with. So Rick, shout out to you for asking me for a dream. Yeah, honestly, it's like, I had no idea what you were gonna do with that. And then it was like, it, you know, it was the, the coolest, most creative kind of thing, you know, to see what what a dream for Ulez was and where that would fit in. Yeah, so that was, it was, it was so good. They were, they were all so good. Um, Omar. Um, I am uh, a real big Neil Gaiman fan. As I started to say, I'm like, we're all nerds. So this <laughs> that's like a very unnecessary thing to have to say. Um, one of my favorite, what I should say is one of my favorite Neil Gaiman stories is about a man who um, gets lost in a city for some reason. And he's like, I have no idea where I am. And at the end you find out the city itself was dreaming and he got lost in the city's dream. And so it's like, you're in, a, you're in a space, but you're not in a space at the same time. And that's always been really interesting to me, like that kind of vocabulary. And so when you're, when Rick, you're like, we're going to do some dream stuff. I was like, oh, specifically a dream. Great. Let's get weird. I know that Sam and Caitlin are going to raise the bar really high. So I got to get creative to try to compete with this. Um, but, but within that, what to do, and I come from a, like a, like everything I, 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 I like to do is like very group minded, which is why this show is like, is, is an absolute dream. Um, and, and whether it's like improv or like, uh, or writing or like filmmaking or something like that, it's like collectively, what are you like sacrifice ego? What around you, what, what is around you? Like, what's the energy you can pick up on? And for the one shot, it was you, Rick, who you 
you were a lawyer, you know? And, um, and I was just talking uh, to Dale before the one shot and Dale was like talking about possibly being a lawyer and, and how good she, she, is she in chat right now? Do we know? I, 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 I don't, I can't see the chat. Hang on. Okay. I've been Maybe poking she... through chat. I have not seen, let's... I don't know what their, uh, okay, great. Uh, let... is. Yeah, you're good. Say what you got to say. If she's not, let's, Hopefully she's not here because I don't want her to hear me say this. She she is brilliant and she would make an incredible lawyer. I think she would make a good TV lawyer. But don't ever tell her, don't ever tell her I said this. But um, it occurred to me I was I was going to have to be on screen with two of the most brilliant people I know, who both had recently talked about like law and being like lawyers. So I was like, this is how I can just wedge myself into that little pool of talent (laughs) is just become a dream lawyer for one quick second. And so that was, uh, that, that it all just came. You know what? Actually, that's, I did write a whole thing before and I scrapped it because it was really sad. So <laughs> I just went with that one instead because I thought that was better. Oh, dude. First of all, you don't have to be smart to be a lawyer. Trust me, I know a million <laughs> moron lawyers. Um, but also, uh, yeah, nobody tell Dale what Omar said. Wink, wink. No, seriously, do not feed her ego. I'm not joking about this. Clip. Um, yeah, no, I mean, all those stories were just so incredible, honestly. It's like, I would, I would love to do that again sometime. Um, you know, yeah, you, you can shake your head at me, Sam DeLamp, but all right. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that, that was, yeah. Uh, I can even ask you questions is what I can do, Rick, because I am next up in the Q and A order. And I also have a question from Dale. What are you going to do now? Huh? You're going to answer the question from Dale, uh, which is casting NPCs using famous actors is a staple of this show. So what sparked that idea and how do you think it's influenced the genre of the story? And are there other GM tricks up your sleeve that you use to guide the mood of the story? First off, show us your sleeves. Show us there's nothing in there. Thank you. Yeah, nothing up my shorts. They're, they're short sleeves tonight. So, you know, it's, um, but yeah, uh, like originally, you know, my thought was that like, you know, using actors, you know, uh, it's kind of a, just a shorthand to save myself from having to describe. I knew I knew I, I knew I was going to need a lot of NPCs and a big cast, and a lot of them would be coming back. And it's like just like sort of a shorthand for having to describe. You know, instead of just being like it's an old man, you could be like it's James Cromwell. And suddenly, like you know, there's a face and there's like a vibe to an actor. You know, who, you know, usually it's like they play bad guys or they play you know smart like nerds or scientists or something like that. Um, but also, it was part of like. I, you know, again, I, I kind of wanted it to feel like our our MCU, and and when part of that is being like, you know, oh wow, look, do you see they cast Tom Hiddleston as Loki? You know, and it it gives it a little bit of specialness, and uh, I don't know, it just it, it became you know just yeah part of like a staple of you know how I plan stuff now, and it's made it very easy on me as far as like. You know, now when I come up with a new NPC, I'm just like, I hit IMDb and I'm like, you know, actors who play bad guys, actors who play scientists, actors who Hold play- Hold on. Do you actually search for names or does this not all just come from that like mind palace in your brain? Um, both, you know, it's like sometimes yeah. I'll immediately be like, oh, I know who this actor is. And then sometimes I'll be like, you know, wow, who's a good scientist actor? You know, and I'll be like, okay. And then you can literally go to Google and just be like actors who play scientists and like a whole list comes back, you know, and yeah, I mean, because it's like, it gets, it gets hard after a while when you've cast like 10 bad guys to be like, (laughs) 
oh no, I've already used that guy. You know, so it's like you know that that's certainly part of it. And as for like the second half of the question, do, are there any other GM tricks up my sleeve to guide the mood of the game? Um, just have really smart, cool players, you know, and, and like kind of like follow them. Um, it, it's like one of my favorite things to do is find the moments where I can shut up and, and, and let the players just sort of marshal everything by themselves. And it's like, you know, I kind of you know a lot of, a lot of people like games that are totally off you know like sandboxes and some a lot of people some people like games that are like on rails and, and have very clear courses and i i sort of feel like the best stuff is like sort of a combination where like you know the the, the rails take you to a place and give it a little bit of meaning but then you you, you take your hands off and, and you let the players like sort of take that to a place that you never thought was coming and it's like I don't know, this is weird. I want to get carried away with this answer, but it was like, one of my favorite bands is Fish. Um, like, I'm a big jam band guy. And it's like, they do this thing where, like, they have songs that, you know, have sections that are really intricately composed and they play exactly the same. And, and just, and then they, they intersplice that with sections that are just totally improvised. And, and especially when you're new to the band, like, you can barely tell which one's which. And it, it makes for this incredibly exciting mix where it's like this, like this magic trick where you're just like, oh my God, how did they all know to do that then? Oh my God, oh, is this, you know, are they, are they making this up? Is it they, they were, you know, what's going on? And it's kind of like, this game is sort of like a GMing equivalent of that where like little parts of it are, you know, that are, are on rails so that we can create a context that makes the improvised sections feel like they are meaningful in a sense, you know, instead of just, you know, people wandering around and bumping into each other. Um, and I don't know, you know, not every game is the same. I always like kind of wince whenever a GM is or whenever somebody's like, GM should never do this or always do that, you know. And it's like, it's it's whatever's fun for you and your players. And it's like, you know, I, I just, you know, for for this particular crew, it's like, I just, you know, I, I, I love watching them do their thing. So it's like, yeah, like have cool players, give them a cool context, then get out of their way. And, and you know, the moods will build themselves. Yeah, okay, I babbled enough. Um, so I will uh, say when I joked that Knives Out 2 is being cast like an episode of Power Play, it was a joke, but I am entirely serious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, that woman's got a cast. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, thank you, Dale, for the questions. We love you. And uh, you know, if Dale ever hears this, uh, I, hey, I want Dale to in chat, they just popped in, just so you know. <coughs> oh my Dale's in chat. Hello, Dale, we love you. Uh, and I, I definitely want to bring Destiny back. Oh my god, I still I'm already thinking about how Destiny's coming back and when uh if 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 Dale is game. So um all right. Um for the whole group. Um, Merlin Monroe at Alia uh, wants to know what is the weirdest superhero story and or a comic book that you enjoy and did it affect how you approached the game? Um, so let's start with Omar. Yeah, ecstatics, baby. Big ecstatics fan over here. I'm, I mean, I think I, I, I love X. Okay, Marvel's X Men umbrella term, and then there's a bunch of teams under that. Uh, I, I've always been an X Factor fan because it's like the group of X Men that they're just like we don't know what to do with them, so just have them do some fun stuff. Ecstatics is like, a, it's like if the Breakfast Club was mutants, but they like didn't get in detention. <laughs> like it's not even that. Like the stakes aren't even that, and I think it's just finding like the. It's I love ecstatics because it's 
you have these super interesting characters like the X-Men where you've got like Cyclops and Jean Grey and they're like, what are we going to do with them? They're so interesting. We'll send them out into space and they'll like meet the Shi'ar and stuff. And you're like, wow, those are really big stakes for these really big characters. But like, also like, I do want to know what's up with like, what is it like for Jean Grey to go to Trader Joe's and go grocery shopping? Ecstatics does that where they just pull it all in and they're just like, what's like, if you are just like this amoebic blob, what's it like to take the bus <laughs> and stories like that? And so I think for me, like that, I think is the oddest superhero story because it's just very fun and, and like quite often wholesome, unless I'm forgetting some stuff. But like it, the idea of a bunch of weirdos coming together, I think is great because I know that there is a superhero aspect where it's like these are the most handsome and perfect people, and it's propaganda stuff from 1940s bullshit. I, I love like the weirdos who are like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't either. Let's be friends. And I, 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 I think that sometimes this show has that energy. <laughs> Cool. Good answer. Um, Caitlin. Uh, so I'm going to out myself here as a comic artist who doesn't read very many comics. Um, but <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to give a specific one. But growing up, I really loved X-Men. And I liked their vibe, I think, more than like most superhero-specific genre stuff. Um, but Benny specifically was, like I said, childhood character pieces but i personally i really love mundane stories like things that are super just like small singular moment like honest if you look at comics that i make yeah you'd know that about me just like things that can be like condensed into very like minuscule like how does this, you know, how, how, how does this mundane moment matter in like, you know, the grand scheme of something greater? And so I think, Omar, you're definitely gonna have to send me some recommendations for what you were specifically talking about. Cause that's basically how I built Benny was, she's just a, she's just a guy, just a person who also starts on fire sometimes. Like I, I just wanted her to have this very mundane, very like, relatively happy and chill childhood aside from the fire stuff and now the adventure comes later and that's something i do with a lot of rpg characters that i that i play i love i like that particular formula and i like a lot of stories that have that vibe in them so i don't think i can give a particular answer but in a, in, in a broad sense that <laughs> i was gonna say caitlin's comics but i didn't want to put you on the spot <laughs> that was actually gonna, that was gonna be one of my answers <laughs> Totally legit answer. Um, <laughs> be Zelda. All right. Uh, I'm going to provide one of my answers, as I have been doing, uh, where I answer the question, but I'm going to twist it a little bit in the sense that, so I didn't necessarily grow up with comics either. Um, my flavor of tea was anime. So one of the most influential shows and mangas that I read growing up was Dragon Ball Z. Um, and it follows a lot of these similar tropes, you know? You have to save the world, you have to fight your rival, the rival might turn out to be a good guy, but he's still a bit of a dick. Um, there's really cool science thing, the battles are just beautiful and epic. And I, I know a lot of people, are, I realized a lot of people, because Dragon Ball Z was so prolific um, uh, in North America, that it wasn't, not as many people read the manga, because in the early 2000s, it just wasn't as popular as a medium. But if you were to ever go back and just like reread that content, like Toriyama does such a wonderful job. Um, and that's been one of my major inspirations. I'm a sucker for saving the world. Um, I love, love, love the power of friendship. And I also love battles that might last anywhere from five to 10 episodes. 
Good answer. <laughs> by, the, by, by the way, has anything exciting happened in your life along the lines of anime or manga or anything like that? Uh, and, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll mention something at the end of the stream. You never know. Yeah, you, you can <laughs> never tell these things. So stick around uh, at the end of the stream uh, for, you know, what could be some exciting, exciting news or what? Maybe nothing. You never know. Oh, um, you gotta find out. You gotta wait. And Sam Belev. Uh, well, Elmer kind of snaked the weirdest, like, superhero comic stuff I will ever read is always going to be, like, X-Men goes to some pretty weird places, and also I, re I read a lot of X-Men because I found, like, genetic mutations that give you superpowers that also have downsides to be really intensely relatable. Uh, I'm Bendy. Um, but... I purposefully tried to not do an X-Men like superhero for this one in the same vein as like why I wasn't playing a human. I wanted to go to like a different sort of place. Um, so uh, there's like eight different things that I ripped off. And I think if you rip off eight, it's okay. Um, you need to like rip off a certain number and then you've ripped off enough of them and you put them in a blender. Um, so like, maybe I was thinking of Drax. I don't know. I don't remember anymore. It went in the blender. Um, but there's a lot of, um, runaways, um, mm. like aesthetically, Carolina Dean, yoink, just turn down the saturation. There you are. That's the look. Um, Zavin just like was in my mind of like an approach and a relationship um, to humans and also just like not really relating directly to human concepts of embodiment um, and the way they related to that. Um, there was some vast thrown in there, I'm sure. Um, there is some really obvious Captain Marvel ripping off um, and repurposing like the, and, and it wasn't until I was well into the show that I realized um, that the arc that I had done, whoops. Um, and then there's like um, a side of like some Overwatch heroes because I was playing a whole lot of Overwatch at the time and like um, Reinhardt and was sort of like a, a tonal inspiration for uh, the Knights of Harmony in a lot of ways. I remember sending Rick Budd um, a cinematic of just like, this is how losing Sonneville made me feel. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and whoever <laughs> plays that Reinhardt, like, sounds like he must be a handsome, charming devil. Um, yeah, you know. Who, whoever that might be. Extremely um, adept at punching Nazis as well, I'm told. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, I've heard that about uh, whoever it is. Um, that's super cool, yeah. And I believe once you hit eight people uh, in a blender, uh, they, they stop calling that ripping it off and they start calling start it uh, influences. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a felony. <laughs> that's for, um, cool. Uh, all right, so again, for everybody, um, what characters from the origin stories of the other cast members are you most excited to have your character meet? Can I jump in on this one immediately? Yeah, go. Priya, I mean, I don't even know how they'd interact with Ulez, but they like, they stole my heart. And I just, I want, I want that meeting. I want their dorky conversations. I need that energy. Like, I just, I could not look away. They were just everything to me. Um, 
So that's for me. That I think that would just be delightful, you know? God, yeah, Rave is the best. Uh, she was great on Tempting Fate. And when she told me about Priya, um, I, I sat down and wrote her up a list of like 10 urban legends from Benny's hometown. <laughs> oh and gosh. I was like, some of these may have something to do with the game. Some of them might not. So like throughout the game, she's constantly like guessing stuff, you know, from the list. And it was just like, it was the most, you know, it was the best thing. So yeah, uh, yeah, I would love to get Rave back sometime. <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, let's go to Caitlin. I think on like, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about this. Like I have such a smaller pool to pick from because I played with the most players. It should be easier for me to choose. But who I forget uh, Marquia's character's name. Uh, Rika. Rika. Have a great time with. Um, I think that would be extremely fun. And I also, while I was watching uh, Vian's story too, I feel like Benny would be just like enamored by Destiny. <laughs> I can see that. I think that'd be a really good pairing, actually. I look forward to that. God, yeah. Two, two characters I would love to get back. Um, I, honestly, I want to bring them all back. Every, all the guest stars did such a damn good job. Um, as Sam. Um, I think Cataract's uh Cataract's in and and um aliens always get along interestingly. Um Cataracts and humans always get along entertainingly poorly. Um so I'm gonna kick this one to uh to Will from Benny's story, uh, because there are good reasons for those those characters. Like there there are points of of resonance, um, so to speak. I think uh, uh, those would be fun together. Yeah, track was fantastic. Oh my god, another character I'm dying to get back. And oh my god, um, Omar. Um, I will say, um, Laser played who I used to be as a kid. Um, Max played who I am destined to be as an older man. So I don't, I, I think that would be uh, a lot for Best me to answer. handle. Um, <laughs> but I, I, while watching our first one shot, while watching Cadrex's one shot, I was just like, I need to, I know Eddie. And when it is all safe, I will be contacting him about training how to fight. I, I, Omar, I need to learn, but I want to learn the way he teaches. Because as like as he talked through it, it just something it something made sense to me, and I think that as much as Vion wants to train with Cadrax to just get a little bit better and a little bit more useful sometimes in some of those instances, um, it I think that there is uh, um, some sort of like important element um, with with. Uh, with learning it in like a spiritual and philosophical way that just flooded that one shot and just gave it such a form and such beauty that I was like, this is the best 1980s training montage film. It is the best go through, go through from 1980 to the December 31st, 1989, watch every single movie that came out. You will not find a better fighting film that just tells you you're not fighting against someone you're fighting for yourself. I thought that both of you did such a great job. So that's my answer. Good the answer. emotional yeah. wisdom of the two, those two people playing emotionally wise characters would be so powerful. Like, I love that resonance. And also we'll, we'll talk about that later. Great. I would like that. 
Yeah, Eddie Doty is the man, and, and and Dexter was fantastic. He's definitely coming back. I got plans for Dexter. He's a, he's off doing something with Jonathan Frep that we're going to have to pay off. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, to do what? Okay, uh, Alan McKenzie. I, I, I forgot to. Uh, the last question was from Gemini Lightning, by the way. So this next one's from Alan McKenzie. What theoretical team up would each character like to have? with another superhero. Let's start with Omar. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. With with an existing superhero? Yeah. Let's see. Let's, okay. let's say Marvel, DC, independent, whatever you want. I feel so spoiled because I, I, I genuinely feel like um, Destiny was like, that was like the, that was the epoch for Beyond. That's as good as it's going to get for that man. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I, like I uh, like a part of me is like thinking like Martian Manhunter maybe a little bit that would be interesting, maybe. Um, no, you know what? Let's just go right to the source, Rick. Why are we talking about this for so long today? The spirit. I think it should either be the spirit or the Phantom. I think it should. I think Vion should see where this idea like has come from. It's the spirit, Phantom, or Zora. I feel like those would be the folks just for Vion to be like, okay, got it. <laughs> I think he needs that. I mean, he needs a little bit of just like, all right, sir. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> At least one of those characters is in the public domain, I think. So we, we, we might be able to do something with that. But uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, yeah, go. Great answer, man. Um, uh, B. Okay. So I think I might have a generic answer for this for a change. Um, so, like, I'm not super up to date with, like, Marvel or DC, but I've seen The Avengers. And uh, my favorite, like, of that entire genre of films is Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Um, I just, whatever, like, her name is, Hera, just a total babe. And Thor, an icon. And Loki, I just, like, so those three characters, if, like, one-on-one, Ulez got to spend a day with, like, Loki, Thor, and is her name Hera? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the bag, yeah, yeah. wonderful like headpiece that I need to Hella. own. Hella. Hella. Hella, thank you. I just think that would be interesting because they're all technically aliens, but they still to me have a very like earthly feeling to them. So like a day in the life of like Ulas and Thor, I, I need that in my soul. <laughs> well, Thor is definitely in the public domain, so uh, we can definitely do something with that. Okay. Uh, um, Sam Bluff. Oh no, I'm sitting here struggling so hard because like, to me, I'll just, since I don't have an answer, I'll talk about the thought process that I'm going through trying to find it. Um, Because it's who, which characters would be in dialectic with something that Cadrax needs to know right now. Um, So like, at an earlier point, like if you asked me in season one, it would probably be someone with um, like your Jean Grey's who has very large powers, but also power incontinence issues, um, like learning how to cope with powers that pop off in ways you don't want them to. Um, I think now in season two, um, Cadrax would benefit uh, two into three, three. Oh my gosh, it's coming up. I'm so excited. Uh, of someone whose power puts them in like a particular relationship to society because being an ever singer uh, puts Cadrax in this weird, like 
chosen one cultural construction with respect to the star choir. And I would be interested to interface them with some other hero in that position relative to theirs and then let them learn from each other or like see what Cadrax learns from the contrast. Uh, so while I don't have an answer, that would be the line of investigation I would take to get one. Good answer, though. Uh, man, I, I like I like listening to you and why stuff. Um, <laughs> that's uh, good. It's all that's on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, uh, Caitlin, would you? Wait, who, yeah, yeah, Caitlin. Um, not to be like same, but like that was kind of the same thought. I'm I'm also someone who I can't. I'm not going to be able to pull a, a, a specific name. But Benny never had a mentor or like anyone in her life who like could relate to what she was going through on a literal level. And like, I don't, I think she just needs someone who like, it's like, I get it, buddy. Like we're going to work through, like you've got some, you've got some internalized issues here and we can like work through it. Like literally the only name I can think of would be like old man, professor X style. Like this is a gift. Like this is part of who you are. Like something like that. Like someone who went through the same or at least adjacent things that she did of like, I'm dangerous. And I have thought about myself like that since I was nine years old. Like how, like, how do you overcome that? She needs a lot of very specific therapy that like, <laughs> she has never gotten in her life. So some, I, yeah, some sort of like mentor figure with like more worldly experience in the realm of like superpowers specifically. Like I can't give, I can't give a name, but like, yeah. Can Here's I request? Name. Yes, please. I would, I would, this is not, this is definitely not public domain, but I, man, Benny and Faith from <laughs> Buffy. I went to the Valley in Faith immediately. I was like, "Wait, Jody Hauser?" <laughs> oh no, that would oh that would be incredible. Sorry, yeah, yeah both correct. <laughs> but also Faith from Buffy. Yes, 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 a thousand times yes. How can you've never not you've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We gotta do a night. We gotta do a yeah, night. Yeah, we do. We I will watch whatever. I'm similar to Sam, and I have a little bit of a pop culture void where there's like things that like I've seen like same though. I've seen it stuff like my as a kid one of my like some of my favorite films were shows from the 1970s so like i don't like interesting i have i have a very weird like swiss cheese um grasp on pop culture i think with sam <laughs> you and myself we all are you know it's really rick and omar that are the glue We're holding the swiss cheese together <laughs> i realized this a while back grading on a curve of like not professional Hollywood screenwriters. We're fine. They're the they're blowing the curve. Okay, we don't need to feel bad. They're just blowing the so, curve. Don't loop me in with him. I listen. I had I had a blockbuster pass. That's why I had a library card. That's why when I talk to Rick, I'm like, yeah. Let's. What about like this comic book? And then Rick will be like, which run? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, whoa, we're getting real wow, into the thick nervous. of it, aren't we? Go. I love it. I'm no, still, no, I'm still, I'm still in the general, man. Rick is the one who's pitching to himself and hitting it out of the park. So that's <laughs> no, please, please, I'm nothing. Try talking comic books with Amy Dowling someday. It's like you know, um, that's that's the real like witch run person. You know, <laughs> oh it's like gosh. oh my god. But she um, would never like. She's just so gracious about it. 
This is what yeah, you find did. at like the true like people who truly blow the hell out of the right end of the curve are so good about it because <laughs> everyone knows less than they do. So they have to learn to be gracious humanoids or they get thrown out a window. So you end up <laughs> with a survivorship bias. That's beautiful. I believe in that. So I just want to back up like a tiny bit. Like Caitlin, that answer was incredible. It was like almost as moving oh, yeah. as an actual episode of the show. And I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about what you just said. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about one yeah. Benny Man. <laughs> Is there any Batman the Animated Series people here? I couldn't help but thinking of, you know, that, that episode with Ace from the Royal Flash <sighs> Gang, Omar, do you know what I'm talking yep. about? You oh, know? yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. That's so yeah, good. Yeah. Um, Can so, I throw a question to you, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it is up to you to ask the next question, but yeah, go oh, ahead. Great. Improvise one. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, this is from John. Oh, you okay? Yeah, then 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 it is time for that question. As a matter of fact, good. That's good incredible. Guess. How did We're, you know? I don't. It just I felt it. I like I I love this question. I cannot wait to hear you discuss this because you you've given us teasing little bits, but I feel like this is such a this is such a personal thing to you, Rick. And you we get to play in your playground. I really want to make that clear. Like I I love being just around the stuff that you build. The question from John. There's two parts. Um, the second one I'll ask after you give your answer, Rick. Uh, but the first part is, what are the inspirations for Port Ruby? Ooh, uh, I mean, you know, obviously New York, um, and, and, and it was like sort of, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to have our own metropolis or Gotham City or a place that could have its own personality and character and not have to be a real thing, you know, Um I, I also, I didn't want the people watching, you know, the, I didn't want the audience to feel like they had to know anything about New York City, you know, that, that, that it was, you would need to understand New York before you could understand the show or something. So even though it's like geographically similar to New York, like the rest of it's kind of just whatever we make up and you only have to know what's in the show. And I also, I mean, you know, not to, you know, go into too sticky real world stuff. It's like, I didn't want to have our characters have to either take sides for or against stuff like the NYPD or the New York mayor's office or, or, or you know, things that might have real life, you know, negative consequences and attachments and stuff. And, and now, you know, we can do whatever we want with this city as far as, you know, creating what things are like and, and you know, and yeah, the, the, the show seems to have developed a, a pretty strong all cops are bad energy anyway, but, uh, you know, but a, at least it's, you know, it, it is on our terms. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, it's like, yeah, I, I, was, I guess I was really thinking about Metropolis and Gotham and like, you know, everything in the Marvel universe takes place in a real place, you know, I mean, not Asgard or anything, but like, you know, most Marvel heroes operate in New York or LA or something like, you know, um, and, and I wanted, you know, like DC style where it's like everything's in Metropolis or Gotham or, or Fawcett city or, or, you know, one of these, you know, places. Can I, Rick, can I jump on this and tell you, cause again, I've got a very different perspective than you do. And I'm really enjoying seeing how you see this and let me tell you how I see Port Ruby um, Grand Theft Auto 100% you know you've got your little sections you've got your areas that you can visit sometimes there's a bridge that you have to cross there's water involved you know minimap included especially after we got our van I, I personally got really really strong GTA vibes um, so I, I like your, your almost like animated kind of and uh, I'll take, POV I'll, 
I will take that. Although I gave up on Grand Theft Auto. I think it was three or four. There was this mission you had to do with a remote controlled helicopter. And and like like the swaying of the view from the helicopter like literally made me nauseous as oh, I was no. trying to I must have tried it like fifty times and I was like on the edge of having to throw up and I was like, What? <laughs> Never playing this game again. Oh my goodness. You gotta get you a friend to beat that for you, you know? <laughs> Do, Honestly, do, Amy, do piggy, step up. To piggyback off of what B is saying, it is like every so often we get into the van or something and the radio turns on and it gives me the ultimate GTA vibes of like, here's some news that might be important to you. And then you'll just like trail off on the other bits and I'm just like, oh, that lucky VO actor. Right? Like, <laughs> right? Oh, like the news updates are one of my favorite things, honestly. It's like, you know, but yeah, no, every time it's like, yes, it's like, you know, I think of Grand Theft Auto for some reason. I think of, you know, uh, what's it, uh, Outfield, uh, Josie's on a vacation far away. You know, that song? Yep. yep. It's like, it's on one of those Grand Theft Auto soundtracks. And I remember like cruising around with that, you know, like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, There's a part two but, that I want to throw to everybody oh, uh, yeah. from John, uh, which is uh, as players and GM, what goes into how you conceive of and think about life in Port Ruby? Um, I'll throw out my answer real quick, just to just to rip yeah. a bandit off. I wish I lived in Brooklyn. I wish I could afford to live in Brooklyn. So that's that's what I pour into Vion's apartment. <laughs> my Aww. dream, my dream life in Brooklyn. That's my answer. That's solid. Dude. Mine's the GTA answer. Oh. So yeah, Caitlin, go for it. <laughs> I don't. I just feel like we feel so like grounded and lived in like everything that Rick has brought to us. And I don't know if I don't know if I said this on stream before, if I just talked to like you guys about it, but like it just from the beginning, it like felt like such a real place. And I've been to New York like once or twice, but like never more than like a day, not in any way that would make it seem like anything, but like, oh, New York, like a fantasy place, like anything more than that in my brain. So I don't know, Ruby, like in my mind feels more real to me than like the actual city of New York does. So I everything, everything that's been brought to it by everyone just makes it so easy to like settle in and be like, I'm here now. Like, I, I know this place now. Like I know like Beyond's apartment feels like this, even the office. And when you got the office, like right away, I was like, in my head, I can picture it so clearly. Like, this is another place that's home base for us. And like, and I know we can go down to, to Sandy's like, like storage, like how, like, it's just, it feels, I just, it feels so real. And that makes it so easy to just be like grounded in it. And I, I don't really have anything to bring to it. It's just, it's easy to just feel like I'm there and that it, it's not, it's not, it's not a reach. It doesn't feel hard to like be in Port Ruby. I really love the video game analogy because it's a a wonderful way of describing how I feel in Port Ruby if I look at like how video games handle setting, which is that there is sort of like broadly some stuff about it in in data storage. And until you go there, they don't load in the textures, the polygons, like none of those are all popped in. And one of the things I love about Port Ruby is that anywhere I actually am at the moment feels real and grounded and like a place. But I know that if I make something up uh, that we haven't ever talked about, that I, the 
the polygons will be happening very quickly and the textures will be being loaded in for that kind of space when I get there. It's like the van is a hidden loading screen and it's not that that makes the setting less real, it's that it makes the setting more collaborative in that like the destination will be influenced by why we are going there as characters and what we want to do. It's responsive in the way that a pre-scripted destination never would have been. If Rick actually had every single building of Port Ruby written out, it would be a place that we as players react to, but didn't shape. And we shape it with our reactions, certainly, uh, drastically, sometimes. But I feel, as a player, like there's much more resonance with who my character is at all these places I go, because I know Rick is building it in response to what we do as well, and why we're there. The textures pop in. I love you, Sam. I'm going to get, get myself a Sam hug one of these oh. days. It's been too long. Uh, I'll say nice stuff about you all day, Rick Rod. Oh, stop That's it. why we're here. Oh, Let's stop go. it. Don't make me fire you. Um, Try me. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, having, having you know, I, I grew up in and around New York, and I've lived in every borough and, and on Long Island and, you know, in Hoboken, like across the river and stuff. And it's like uh, having lived there, you know, many different periods of my life when I was like a teen going to the hardcore clubs versus like when I was a lawyer, you know, like going to the courthouses, it just, it gets a little bit easier for me to like sort of just improvise off of New York sort of wide assortment of settings. So if somebody's like, I want to do something, I could like just go through my head and just be like, okay, that sounds like they're talking about, you know, the rail yards by the West side highway. Okay. And then I just like picture that and start describing that, you know, that setting. You know, which is like kind of like what I used as the model for where the glass tower turned out to be. You know, it's just like okay, the, those big empty rail yards by the you know by the highway. Um, so yeah, no. So that's uh, thank you, John, for that question. Um, uh, okay, so we got another question from Anon for everybody. Um, are there any decisions that you wish your character had made differently? Uh, and if so, what was it? And what do you wish that they had done instead? I think B's got an answer. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Uh, beat the shit out of those jerk face dudes that were bullying Sandy. Uh, like, I know, I know I was playing into Ulez, but like, I still think about that. Literally any other character I would have played would have kicked their asses. But. Oh, that's just not Ulez. And I still think about like how differently everything would have been had they just chosen violence right at the beginning. Yes, you know? folks, remember, violence is always the answer. Um, <laughs> that's that's the moral of uh, power play. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember that. Yeah. I remember it was like trying to, yes, those first few games like you would, I mean, still like Ulez is a very, yep. very action averse character, which is, mm -hmm. you know, one of the most interesting things about them. That's um, what makes them them. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Caitlin. I don't, I, 
I only really have like a kind of jokey answer, and it's that I wish I wouldn't have tried to climb the elevator shaft because that was not anyone <laughs> involved watching. It was just watching me succeed and then fail and then succeed and then fail, and I didn't get anywhere. And you, you, you put precious airtime on me failing climbing an elevator shaft, and I would have much rather watched Ula's up in the office. <laughs> no, I loved so all that. That was so good. It was iconic I, for Benny, you know? Benny struggles. Like, I don't know what it is about the other players, like with us, but we seem to just succeed more naturally. And then yeah. there's Benny's, and I love her complications. I love watching her just have to fight that much harder to accomplish whatever it is that everybody else is doing. So, like, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, like, as Yoda says, like... I love it when Benny fucks up. Like, I love it when bad things happen. But usually it's a little bit more, like, interesting to watch. Yeah. Like Yoda says, you know, it's like learn more from failure we do, you know? It's like, that is it's fantastic storytelling advice from Ryan Johnson right there, you know? It's like watching characters fail again and again, you know, in the face of adversity is, is much more entertaining than watching them succeed, you know? It's like, yeah, you would have climbed the ladder, you know? Um, Sam Lev. Um, I have this rule, like an internal rule, as you can tell from my continual like Sudoku analogies and everything, I create for myself a lot of internal rules because creativity comes from constraints. And so if I build a ton of them, I must be creative, right? No, but I do it anyway. Um, and so one of them is that if I regret a decision, I have to build out story so that it retroactively doesn't make me unhappy. Um, like for real, for real. Um, like um, Rick brought up uh, Curtis Haber and and uh, Cadrax going with him. Um, and though I, I don't regret that, it's an example of I had to build forward because I completely in the moment was just a, a tired little dummy and not picking up that like Rick probably intended like the team to unify by rejecting the uh, lesser angels of our nature. Um, and what I saw was pattern of reject, 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 and like, okay, I'll do this avert and accept. Um, I found the wrong pattern. And then I had to try to find a way to make that work so that I didn't regret the choice I made in the moment. So, Sometimes I don't succeed, but the story succeeds for me. My actual answer to this question is not that, that's just, yeah. Um, but it was um, my mentor at the hospital and how Cadrax's last time seeing her was just like this very hands-off kind of moment. Um, because, you know, the character doesn't know that they're not going to come back to the hospital, like everything's going to be fine. And so it makes for this character relationship that's like very dry and hands off in a character relationship that had been very dry and hands off. And it wasn't until Origins where I now see that she was Cadrax's third mentor to contextualize why that decision in retrospect doesn't make me unhappy. It is an arc of a need to detach because of continually losing uh, that I was not responsible for, um, but saved me from my own regrets. So thank you, the people around me. 
you know, by the way, that Curtis Haber decision single-handedly changed the entire course of the season. Like, I wound up a completely different back end than anything I ever imagined. Like, as I've told the cast before, I would not have named our chief antagonist Mickey Bomberg if I knew his plan was going to have a big bomb, you know? It's like, it's like a little on the nose, you know? It's like, you know, and, and it's just like... It just, I had a completely different ending in mind. And then after Sam ran Curtis Haber into a, into a stoplight or, or into a, 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 a streetlight, you know, I was just like, well, this would change everything for him now because, you know, they would know about him and like, it's all, this derails his whole plan. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, like there, there goes everything. So it's like, yeah, oh my God. So yeah, that was, that was quite a thing. Um, Omar. You know, a big aspect of Vion is um, learning to move past regret in a way. Um, and it's more about like, how do you move forward? Like take what you've learned and how do you move forward? So I guess I'll kind of like, I'll pull a B and I'll answer it in, in a, with a twist. I think that Vion has three lessons going forward. I think one is if someone has a shield, uh, check the other sleeve. Uh, I think I think the other, it's pretty, pretty, pretty it's a hard lesson to learn. You're killing me, man. <laughs> hard lesson to learn. Uh, second is um, if you're breaking into someone's house, uh, uh, check the closet for a little bit of a crossbow, maybe. Um, that's the second one. Um, and I think the third is uh, uh, don't send someone to go get tea if, if you don't expect to be there when they return, because that's incredibly oh! rude. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> like, life lessons that like the it's just like single page like just like, <laughs> on a page like <laughs> like matter on the fridge yeah <laughs> future generations of superheroes that are just like that specific. it's a little faded <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, Spider-Man's got with great power, but, you know, we have check the closet for a crossbow. That's good. Well, in, in I remember fairness. pinging a, cro- a closet, like, in a later episode, just to <laughs> look for a crossbow for yep. you. Just in case. In, in all fairness, you did search the closet. You just didn't roll very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in, yeah. The real moral of the story is learn to roll die better. I got um, I, I do have new dice. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um so okay, um, let's take what time is it? Six eighteen. All right, B. Uh, why don't we do the questions from uh, uh, the obsequious diphthong? Uh, yeah, and and then and then we'll get to our other thing. All right, fabulous. So obsequious diphthong asks, Rick, I'm interested in what prompted a need for the icon system to be hacked for the purpose of doing power play, or just basically what are the fundamental differences between the base icon system and the hack that is played? Is it primarily thematic or is it power levels or something else entirely? Okay. Um, And then there there, there are two other questions that go on the end of this that I'll just answer as we go, but it's like, okay, so... For, for for those, it's like um, when I when I started doing the show, I looked at I think literally every superhero system going back to the dawn of time. Um, you know, like I looked at Marvel superheroes from the eighties, like everything. And um, I, I was really considering using mutants and masterminds for a while, but it was a little little too crunchy. I, I thought for my purposes, like I, I kind of like a game that's very fluid. And mutants and masterminds, it's like. Uh, you know, it's it's very it's very crunchy and very rulesy, which which gives mm-hmm. it like a lot more definition than this game. And then, in in researching that one, I found Icons, which is you know by the same guy, Steve Kenson, 
Um, and it's like the exact opposite, whereas like everything in Mutants and Masterminds is measured and very spelled out. Icons is meant to be very approximate and loose. Uh, the, the problem was is that Icons is really just designed for like games that are one session or two sessions. And the characters you make are at like a super high level. Like, so it's like, it's like if you want to play as like the Avengers or something like that. Um, and, and if you follow the directions for character creation, you wind up with like, you know, very powerful characters. And I wanted to do something that started people out like you know, street level one power that was very low in power and really build people up like slowly over the course of the series. Um, so it's like our hack, which I made uh, with Rich Molina Weber, who is just a freaking rules genius. Uh, check him out. He does uh, owl bear soup over uh, on uh, over on Saving Throw, uh, the old home of Tempting Fate. And uh, Rich sort of helped me figure out kind of how to rejigger the character creation process to make low-level characters and then kind of how to rejigger some of the rolling rules so that those characters would be able to interface with the rules as they exist and, and build over time. And then we also had to change uh, the changes system. Like in Icons, yeah, there are minor changes, moderate changes, and major changes, you know, which are supposed to happen over time. But like, they didn't all quite make sense anymore, given like all the other changes we made. So we like, we eliminated some of them and added some new ones for ourselves. Uh, and actually just did that again. Um, like, uh, we, we originally had minor, moderate, and major, just like in, in the real game. And uh, going into season three, um, me and Rich and uh, Sam sat down and uh, had a little conference. And now, we, we've, now we're just going to have minor changes and major changes. So we, we've now, you know, rejiggered it again into sort of just two pools that have different options in them. And... Um, yeah, and, and like thematically, yeah, again, it's sort of like that game is sort of for like big powerful superheroes having very kind of adventure, Avengers Justice League style combat. So we had to like sort of grind it down. So it was more about like, yeah, ordinary people who just like have a power and, and are, are getting mixed up with things that are, you know, just a little bit above their head each time, but, but not, you know, the... I didn't want anyone to get drowned, you know, which is why sort of we started off the first season fighting mostly just like, you know, gangsters and stuff and people without powers and one guy who had one power, you know. Um, and, and, and that ratcheted up in the second season a little bit. Well, I guess we had the vampires and stuff, but like, you know, um, and, and then, you know, and we'll probably continue to ratchet up, you know, throughout, uh, you know, following seasons. Um, and then on the heels of that one, uh, Captain America 777 asks, can we get a write-up of the hack? Um, and uh, specifically in regards to character creation. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, and Fireboss asked, did you use random power selection or did players build their characters with points? So to answer both of those in reverse order, uh, the players built their characters with points. I think initially I gave them 22 points to spend. And I basically told him, you can do anything you want. You know, think of anything you've seen in Marvel or DC. Aliens, people born with their powers, robots, you know, Thor-type gods. Anything you've ever seen, you know, is fair game. But you only get 22 points to build it. And I think I, I put, like, some restrictions, like, no time travel powers. Um, because, like, I just, you know, I don't want to have to deal with all the craziness involved. With, uh, you know, the, the, the plot churning. Um, so... We, other than that, it's like, you know, yeah, it was all just point-based. And as far as, like, getting a write-up of the hack, um, I, 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 I think, 
you know, I would be game for that. Um, I, you know, one of the things I sort of regret was that, like, I kind of wanted people to be able to keep track of, like, the characters and, like, their changes as they came in. And, you know, just, you know, we, we have no budget for this show. And, you know, it's basically just, you know, whatever me and Jake can kind of string together as far as two producers. So it's like keeping, you know, people's stats on the screen and updating them week by week just, you know, was just not something we were able to get together in time. Um, so it's like having the rules out there, you know, so y'all could understand what we're doing a little bit more. I think I would like, um, I would have to look into that and see, you know, legalities and stuff and how, you know, maybe Steve Kenshin would feel about it and, and things like that. But, um, but I will look into that. And if it is possible, I will release some version of what our hack is. Um, and okay. So on that, uh, thank you. Obsequious Diphthong, Obsequious Diphthong, Captain America 777, and Fireboss for those questions. Um, and now we got a little bit of a surprise. So something I've wanted to do for a while and finally got together in this little break. Um, over the course of the first two seasons, some of y'all have created some of the most amazing fan art uh, that has just been, I, I cannot cannot overstate how much of an inspiration it is to us and how much it like you know changes the way we picture the characters and the show and, and and makes it feel real in a way you know that i mean imagination is great but it's like to actually see your characters and the action just like down there on paper it, it just like it, 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 it seriously you know it affects the feels and and we are super grateful so um, we, we put our heads together and uh, we made um, a fan art reel so that y'all can see some of our favorites, uh, you know, that have come in. And uh, we're going to play this now as like one big reel tonight. And then we're going to rerun little parts of it in sections over the course of the season. So, you know, so that everyone gets a chance to see it. So, uh, yeah, Jake, when, whenever you're ready, uh, let's, let's see the fan art, man. Oh my God. Um, just every time I see that, I just, it, it, it's just super overpowering. Um, we thank you. I mean, again, so much for all the incredible art and uh, you know, and, and, and if, if more rolls in over the course of the next season, you know, it's like, yeah, if anybody wants to do any more, it's like, we'll, we'll, we'll update that reel and, and add more to it as more stuff comes in. Because like I said, it, it means so much to us, honestly. Um, so thank you all so much. So we got, a whole bunch of questions left and I've heard that some more have come in and chat, you know, I don't know how much we'll be able to get to, but we're going to keep going. So, um, why don't we say we're going to take a 10 minute break now and then we're going to come back. And after the 10 minute break, we're just going to roll into a whole bunch more stuff. So, uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be back. Thank you so much. Hello. Welcome back. Um, so yeah. Oh my God. So the first half, that was fantastic. We got through a lot of stuff. Uh, let's see how much we can get through, uh, here in the second half ish. Um, and, uh, I'm going to start this off with, um, a question for B Zelda from adventure awaits who wants to know, can we get a detailed description of what Ulez looks like underneath the helmet for art reasons? Um, yes, but you have to wait for me to truly consider it to be able to write it up in a tweet. <laughs> that's <Okay. laughs> honest. That's, that's my answer. A hundred percent because like I've considered it. I really, really have. Um, but the more like I've, I've vocalized a couple of details about them and I don't know if it jives the way I really want it to. So like, I need to sit down with like an adult, like, like Caitlin. Oh, am I freezing? I was going to say, if you want to hit me up, we can <laughs> yes. do some <laughs> <laughs> yes. And just like figure out like, how do I properly 
put what is in my brain into words, you know? So no, uh, alien oh, embodiment is hard. Isn't it? Like, you want to use human references, but that's not necessarily what I'm interpreting, you know? And aliens are weird. They're really weird. And like, yeah, obviously Captrax does not have a humanoid embodiment based on like how they talk about <laughs> these weird flesh sacks. Um, <laughs> but like positively developing something like, I feel you, buddy. It is rough. It, it is, is rough. We'll get there though. I believe in us. <laughs> we we are weird. We can come up with visual expressions thereof. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will stick on them about that. So uh, um, you, that tweet will come eventually. Um, <laughs> so now um, for the whole crew, Night Dragon asks, uh, who is your character's favorite comic book superhero? I know with Cadrax and Ulez, they most likely haven't read comics. So uh, who, who would be their favorite hero? C-3PO. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, to be honest, definitely put on Star, like OG Star Wars. And like, don't get me wrong, R2-D2 is full of sass and like that is just a delight, but there's something so formulaic and so just like wholesome about C-3PO that 100% Ulas is like, oh, I, I would definitely interact with somebody like that. They seem really, really nice, you know? And that's just where they, that's their connection right there. Wow, now that you mention it, yeah, I can, I can definitely, I, I, you, there's definitely some C-3PO in Ulas, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, wow, huh, never thought about it. See, I'm um. learning so much here. Cadrax, I think it's going to be Thor, right? Because Thor yes. embodies, like, who Cadrax wishes they were. Like, you, I, I, I think Cadrax is very Thorish. Right? And From every so often gives, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes little himbo vibes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that's getting across as well. Um... They, they certainly endeavor to drink their respect women juice as is required of all himbos. Um, but they would take it as a great compliment to be compared to Thor. Aspirational. Galen. So I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to make a poll here, but um, I do think that Benny did go through a superhero comic phase very, very briefly as a child very briefly, because then I think something bad happened, and then she wanted to forget about superpowers. Not to make it sad, but like I think she did. I think she lit something on fire, or I don't know. Just I think she was enamored with the idea for a while. Like I can, I can live my through what I cannot actually do and control by myself. But this will make me feel better about it. And then I think like something bad happened, and then she gave up on the whole super super superhero thing. So like our superpowered comic folks, uh, Omar and Rick. Are there any heroes that deal, like, that have a hard time dealing with their own powers? Like, would you find anybody relatable to, like, Benny's journey? Like, the one that strikes me off the bat Bruce is, like, Banner. Hulk. Yeah. 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 Related to, to the Hulk, yeah. Dang. And, like, Phoenix a little bit, some Phoenix stuff. I know it gets very convoluted and big, yeah. but. Right. That's very, like, high-level version well, yeah, like I think it's too big. Yeah. Oh, Rogue. Yeah. Oh. That yeah. would have been good. That too hard for her. I think Rogue specifically would have been too much. Would have been too much for her. I will say that uh, Bruce Banner and Hulk. Oh, this is. I'm gonna keep saying sad things. That's how she feels. Like as oh. a kid, that's how she felt. Like she Benny. was the monster. Like. 
That's a good answer, actually. That's really good. I would right. I can't say favorite, but I can say that that would have been like something. I want to make her read Runaways, though. Yeah. Like I want her to see kids who are like struggling yeah. with it, but also getting through it. Yeah. Like it's the it's like hmm, you're Not gonna be okay, kiddo. I know, right? Not to be like there's a lot of like gay like queer allegories and superheroes and a lot of that influenced many but like that is all true <laughs> and like just the like feeling like you don't know yourself and you have the two versions of yourself and the yeah i can talk about that for a while but yeah something to the effect of benny had a, had a small superhero comic book phase and then gave up on it because i think it hit too close to home because she didn't have anything in real life to look up to Man, I'm writing Benny fan fiction in my head now. It's like you went to the comic book store, you, you started reading some issue of Hulk off the stand. It got to you psychologically. You, you lit it into fire. It set the comic book right. store on fire, and you went and you ran for it. And, <sighs> that kind of thing. Yeah, it's rough. I, I will just write it in my journal. Um, okay. Omar. Okay, I think I've got. I think I've got two answers here. The fun one is um, Jamie Madrox, multiple man from aforementioned X Factor. Uh, a thing about, especially in some <laughs> the more recent runs. No, I'm just old. This is like ten years ago. Um, but there was a big take on, on on. I'm sorry, I'm going through a moment here, just realizing this. There was a run though where um, you find out that the reason that multiple man does multiple like become makes multiple versions of himself and stuff. It's not because he's a military tactician or whatever. It's because he wants to just live different lives. And I loved that. It was such a cool little story where like he would just send off someone to go live and like and have a family and just find out what it's like to have kids. And later he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done this because I got to pull this guy back now. This is real bad. And so like I, I think that the obvious the, the the on the surface, like this is the present. This is the Comic-Con Hall H panel answer would be Jamie Madrox. But I think if we if we get to be ambiguous with this and kind of be like what exists, what doesn't. Uh, my, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this on the table, man. I'm going to go and put my cards on the table. My favorite Marvel is uh, my favorite Marvel film in the MCU is Captain Marvel. There is a scene in that I think is the greatest scene in any MCU film for myself. I'm not speaking in, in generalities. I'm using I terms. Um, it is when they're outside a barn and this alien turns to Carol and goes like, yeah, I like attacked you and I tried to use you. That's before I knew who you were. And she spins around and goes, you don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. And it's my favorite scene. It's my favorite line from any Marvel movie. And I think that Vion's like, yeah, I want to go hang out with the swashbuckling, like noir detective who can live all these lives. And I think it would be, no, it would be Carol Danvers who is living the one life. And I think that's who Vion should spend time with. So that's my answer. It's going to be Captain Marvel from the movies. Good answer, man. Yeah, I love that movie. Oh my God. Um, it's like, yeah, when, you know, that we have our own kind of Captain Marvel in our game here is like one of my favorite things. Uh, don't you hide. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, oh, good, good answers all around. Um, so, Sam, why don't you read the question from uh, Alan McKenzie? Yes, I know that uh, without speculating too far and that uh, season three will contain such things, uh, Alan McKenzie asks, are there strands of superpowers in this world, like mutants, metagenes, and so on? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And I got to tell you, it's like, you know, 
Power play is weird in a sense where it's like I, I have ideas about what the future is, and there's some things I want to know that happen, but I leave a lot of it very unexplored to kind of make up as we go. Like, you know, there were no such things as ever singers until Sam chose a power. You know, it's like, and, and there's a lot of examples of just like, you know, I, I kind of like, you know. I want to have all the fun of planning everything to myself, like right in the beginning, and then just have to follow some track for it. So it's like, I try and leave the maximum unexplored so that we can sort of all make it up together as we go. So like right now, it's like, I can honestly say, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we, we already put on the record that there, there have been more than one spirit of justice. So like there, there's a little bit of a legacy thing going on there. Um, I think Destiny Ben Dixon mentioned that uh, she got the gift from her mother and grandmother. So we, we, we see that there's a little bit of genetic legacy there. Um, you know, as far as that goes, it's like, it's weird. I, I, I kind of love old golden age and early silver age comics where, you know, it's just a world where there's there aliens and then this guy gets powers because he got struck by lightning and that guy gets powers because he gets bit by a radioactive spider. And then, you know, I know later in comic book development, they started trying to want everything to make, make sense a little bit more. So they started coming up with explanations that try to get it all to hang together, like metagenes and, and, and things like that. And it's like, I'm not saying no good ever comes from that stuff. There, you know, there are certainly fun storylines, but it's like... I kind of, you know, not necessarily the answer could certainly just be not nah, just might be a universe where there are just aliens and different people with powers and stuff like that. And, and then I don't know, we could decide if we get to some late season, you know, season five, season six, that like, yes, suddenly there's one explanation for everything. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't know. So the answer is I don't know. Um, I hope that that was enlightening. Um, we do have lesbian <laughs> magic. That is canon. We do have, yeah, canonical lesbian magic, uh, which is always out there in our universe, uh, just flavoring everything a tiny bit. And, um, yeah, thank you, Alan. Uh, so, Scott wants to know, Sam, we know there are Knights of the Blue and Knights of the Red. Are there Knights of other colors or Star Choir members who aren't Knights? And how do they differ? And... Is the choir the people as a whole or an organization within those people? Oh, a whole lot of answers to that are yes. Um, the first question uh, is, I did not make up the Knights of the Red. Um, I did not make up the entire structure of the Knights. The Knights of the Blue are a squad, in effect, uh, within the Knights of Harmony, uh, which is the order overall. Um, but the Knights, like, remember how I said that Sunny swerved me? Um, likewise, uh, Knights of the Red, the notion of Knights, like, being different colors, I, I really just, um, there are all sorts of order names for various things, and I could, I just felt Knights of the Blue, and I went with it. Um, I imagined it as, like, a photoacoustic effect of the blue that was somehow signature and so on. Um, but the fact that there is a order does by extension imply that there are people who are not of the knights. Uh, hence there is a name, uh, they are a subset within the choir. And yes, they are different uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I think we have said in uh, canon, 
that uh, the Knights of Harmony uh, came to the defense of uh, Cadrax's home, Moon, um, against the Alpha Combine way back when they were with Curtis Haber. Um, so they do some of that, and people who are not Knights do not. Um, and I'm really hoping we learn more about the Star Choir as a people, but also the institution. Um, because to answer that piece of the question, the answer is yes. Um, the choir is, I, I wanted to have something um, for, for setting, for, for world building reasons that wasn't equated to the place um, necessarily that they were from, um, particularly because they're on different planets and in different systems. And, and you know, they're the star choir of Pixidus, um, but like they're not all going to be there. So what, as a species, do they call each other? Um, and how can I make that maybe not how we usually do it in some kind of way? So as always, there are sociolinguistic analogies and constructions and whatever we understand in human words as the star choir is just the best that we're doing with English here and is gonna be different the way we talk uh, is going to be different. It's why universal translators make no sense. Um, but yeah, I think I think based on some origins that we're we're maybe 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 we learn more about the Star Choir. And if I think you know, we're probably going to have to at some point, uh, and we'll see more then. Yeah, I'm going to tack on to that. It was like, yeah, like the Knights of the Red is one of those, you know, examples of what I was talking about of like, you know, just improvising new parts of the universe as the players sort of lead me. Um, and uh, when, I, when I first kind of, you know, gave a glimpse of Sonny in, in one of the lore drops, um, I, I had a very different vision of who he was, you know, I, I, um, and, and then... Uh, sort of as some events unfolded, you know, it sort of changed, you know, what, what I wanted to do with that character. Um, and, uh, you know, it just sort of sort of struck me eventually that like, you know, with the Knights of the Blue being called the Blue, you know, and it, it, it sort of just, you know, that Star Wars, blue, good guys have blue lightsabers and, and, and bad guys have red lightsabers, you know, I was just sort of like, since Sonny's supposed to be from the parts of the, the Star Choir that are a little more unseemly and destructive, that they would be, you know, the knights of danger and blood and, you know, all those I things. I never thought of it as a Green Lantern, like Red Lantern kind of thing until you introduced Sunny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, definitely. Yes, it definitely gets a little bit of that Lantern Corps flavor. Sure. Um, and yeah. And, and Sam's reactions to Sunny very much shaped who he turned out to be, um, you know, which is. You know, just, I got so I, irrationally pissed at him and we just played through it. Irrationally, like irrationally. I was protective of Abigail or something. Yeah. Like there was no, something about the elements of it in the scene, but also like members of the choir are dangerous, and knights in particular are dangerous. I guess just without cloaking too hard, like knights are warriors who weaponize their voice. People who aren't knights don't necessarily do that. Uh, so he's dangerous. <laughs> he scared me, and I reacted accordingly. And whoops. Yeah, no, it was it was great. And honestly, it's like again, like my favorite thing in the game is when the players 
spin a thing that I thought was going to happen into something totally new and different. And then that week I have to go back to the drawing board and, you know, it's like this sort of forced creativity where you're just kind of like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a totally different thing. Oh, all right. You know, and uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a particular example. Um, so yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, okay. For everybody, uh, Michael Harris wants to know, and I'm going to ask you all to do this without specific spoilers, so kind of just a yes or a no kind of deal. Um, has anyone thought of a code name for their characters or a team name for the team, or do you have a vision for like a costume, like a superhero costume for your character? Um, let's start with Omar. Yes. You you said just yes or no, right? Um. Yeah. You, you want a little bit little more? Detail you want like a as, little detail as possible. Like, okay, let's. You know, have you thought of a code name? Yes or no? Yes. Have you thought of a costume? Yes or no? Absolutely. I've I've done nothing but think about a costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't wait, you know, I don't want to unveil, you know, but that I think that's plenty. Um, Caitlin. Yeses and nos across the board. <laughs> there are some things that I've been like, okay, yes, I will, I will have thoughts about this. And some, despite being an, a visual artist, costume design is rough for me to come up with. If someone gives me something, I can draw it, whatever, but coming up with my own, I... Fun fact, I designed Benny as I was drawing her when I was doing everyone's, I did everyone's character art and then I did Benny and I made her up as I drew her. I don't, coming up with my own character design is hard. So that one might take me a little while, but yeses and noes to all of the above. I've had thoughts. I've had some thoughts. Yeses and noes. Okay. Well, that is both helpful and not helpful. Um, thank you. I, I <laughs> B. No. No, and huh. Um, however, if anybody in chat has seen the anime Dorara, I think that's a direction I'm considering. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. It's one of those weird animes, but it's fine. So who knows? Who knows? GB, do you watch anime? What? Me? No. Huh. <laughs> um, Sim Live. My code name is Dr. Caden Dialto. Wow. That's why you want to play with Sam right there. <laughs> right? So good. Costume? Yes, no? Well, it's a white coat. Very fancy yes. looking white coat. I guess we are now in game. We are now in game with Cadrax. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, as for like a team name, I know, you know, you started like calling yourselves like defenders of the, of the earth or guardians of the earth or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the vibe of that kind of got a cool. It's a mission superhero. statement, if not necessarily a formal name. Uh, we have sworn upon our pinkies. Mm -hmm. Aww. Exactly. Yeah. That's and how we and maintain a, our promises. And a quality that I think you can draw. Um, <gasps> oh. Could I throw out dog defenders? Oh. Just to maybe just to have on the. Can we just put that up on the board? Yeah, 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 that's on the board, it. and I love it. It, it, it. Honestly, more noble than probably defending the Earth as a whole. Um, <laughs> my uh, my solo uh, episode guests uh, did a lot of the legwork for me, so 
they uh, brainstormed a lot of a lot of names. For I, yeah, Strawberry Phoenix, very absolutely cute. incredible. He doesn't wear a ride anymore, but <laughs> it was very good. That was my favorite one. That that was not bad. Um, we should talk to whoever came up with that about royalties. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so I think that's everybody. Um, so I'm gonna hit another question uh, from Scott who sent in a whole bunch of great questions. Um, B, uh, we've seen there are many Ulez Galley. Ulez's Galley, Ulez mm -hmm. Galleys, whatever. Um, do they all specialize in plants or is that a subset? And uh, what other kinds of keepers are there? Um, ooh, no. And, and, and have, have, have the keepers always been technological or do they have biological precursors? Um, and you, you don't have to answer if you think this stuff is, you know, unexplored or you haven't figured it out or, or spoilerific. Uh, I feel like a little bit, if I were to answer too deep into the past, that'd be a little spoilerific. However, you know, like there are schools for everything for the Ulez Galley. This is a people that was made to study, to observe, to watch, and to absorb. We are the keepers of knowledge. And there is so much knowledge to learn. You know, like when you go to university and there's like, if you want to major in something, but you don't know what you want to do with your life. So there's like a general major you can take and it's just like anything. There's even the that for the Ulez Galley. It's like, you don't, you don't know what you want to study. You don't really know what's out there. You can just kind of absorb some general knowledge, get out into the universe, fly on your little fridge spaceship, find out what you want to learn, then come back home, upgrade yourself to properly study that. And then that is your new life. And your now your duty as a, as an Ulez is to take that knowledge, bring it back and share it with your people. So there are Ulez for everything. I want the yeah. whole series of the undeclared Ulez. <laughs> I would read program. the whole run in one day. God. They're we, the we best can, ones. We can get like a whole bunch of guest stars down here and just do like a whole game of Ulez gallons. <laughs> that needs to be a mini game, y'all. I might, I might look into that. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, for everybody, Anon again asks, if you could play with this cast in a different system or setting, which would it be and why? Let's start with Sam, the I have a mischievous look on my face, Delev. Oh, I mean, it was off, off the top of my head, uh, Benny in particular has proven, but I think all of these players would be amazing at in a Tales from the Loop um, kind of game. Like, that's just like, if there was an expression on my face, it was like, oh, I have to think beyond the obvious answer because any game in that genre, so Kids on Bikes, uh, Kids on Brooms, I think would be fun just to really move Kids away. Kids in space. Kids in space, but like moving away from all of our usual uh, genres, going invisible as needed, um, as B has done, um, and then reappearing. They're back. Um, because uh, when you cast another spell or you make an attack, uh, the invisibility drops. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's the easy answer. So like I'm saying it first because you called on me first, and I didn't have more time to think. But like everyone in this cast would be so excellent as a kiddo. Uh, because everyone has uh, this inbuilt sense of like whimsy and fun, and also I'm here at the table. Well, I, I didn't mean to not give you time to think. So by the time we get around the order, <laughs> you have a different answer. We can hit you up again. So That's great, Caitlin Bruder. Okay, I'm not 
joking when I said that was going to be my first thought too, just because I am a sucker for kids on bikes and I feel like everyone will be really good at it. My second answer would be Cypher system because I love the Cypher system and I feel like everyone here is so creative with like their power building and like, like how you construct characters in Cypher is so like personalized and like you can just, you can take I don't know, just if there's, there's just, I feel like I would just love to see the characters that everyone here would make in a cyber, for a cyber game and like how you end up using, using your abilities. I, that's mostly where that comes from, just out of like, I'm gonna, I, sure I'd be at the table, but I, I want to be an audience member at whatever, whatever types of characters you've come up with in, in a cyber game. Omar. <laughs> uh, my answer is mall kids. Um, just, yeah. That would, well, it's not working. Here we go. There it is. Yeah, I would want to do mall kids. Um, I feel like we would be really great together. Um, and uh, this is a group that just needs to go shopping <laughs> together anyway. So, well, I mean, like, yeah, shopping, but all, you're, you're working. There's like a morning and there's like an afternoon. There's a whole like structure to it. Um, we, we would we would destroy them all. <laughs> I just know this. I would be honored to destroy them all with you guys. B. Okay, I thought this answer was going to be the first one. Y'all, what kind of superhero games you're playing? Why has nobody answered masks? Oh, a game? Yeah, we're already playing masks. I earlier went through the playbooks to figure out who everyone was. Vion, right? Deacon, Ulas, Outsider, Benny, Nova, uh, Cadrax, Janice. Done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? We all act with our feelings. We all unleash our powers. Honestly, we would fit so well into a masks campaign, but it would be different, but just like so much more like, I, I, it wouldn't be emotion, like more emotionally tense, but it would. Just like, and I, I need that. Just, I need like a one shot of us in masks. At ah. Rick, when he was thinking of systems and he was looking at mutants and masterminds, we ultimately went with icons, which like I am super happy to get a chance to be introduced to this system. Right. I'm so proud of any system that has like probability control built into the rules. Like, honey, you took the game breaking, like the game mechanic breaking one and you made it work. So, but yes, no, masks, absolutely. Masks, so Strong. good. And, and so a Powered by the Apocalypse game, I think would work right. really beautifully for this. 2D6, um, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Oh, but also. Our current game into a new system? Is that what the question was? Right, that's the thing. It also included different setting, which is why I figured we couldn't do masks. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> Something to think about. Uh, ah. um, I just said, if like, we're coming back around, I'm going to put in this really weird word, and I know I'm always this guy at all circumstances, um, but I would be. I would love to see what this group did with Invisible Sun, which is all about Ooh. a city. Mm -hmm. and how the particulars of that city and the people navigating that city and unraveling its mysteries work, it only works because you care about the actions and consequences of how you interact with the setting. Uh, it really rewards heartfelt characters. It's by the same publisher as the Cypher system. Um, and it's a completely different genre and completely different approach to being ultimately yes also incredibly high powered but in different ways uh that i just it's nothing like what we're playing now but i think this group would all thrive beautifully and like elevate the system because uh you bring so much heart to the work and i think invisible sun it would be so easy to get wrapped up in the magic of it and the groundedness that all of you bring as people i think would be 
the best version of Invisible Sun. Um, thank yes. you for attending my Theodore discussion. Yes! <laughs> this isn't uh, an RPG, but I think we'd all be really good Animorphs. Just <gasps> oh, you oh my god, I would love to be an Animorph. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. Every so often you get a bee reaction like that. Bee is like no. the nicest, but every so often you get a bee. You get just like, it's not like judgment is a very loaded word. It's not a negative, but you just get an assessment from bee. Bee just goes, they go like, vroom. It's got okay, feelings like, about it, you know? Animorphs is great, but it's also... It's its own thing, you know? I mean, so be, many people, like, who are you folks that were into Animorphs? Where were you when I was a kid, you know? At the Scholastic Book Fair, yes! no doubt. Like, no, <laughs> without a doubt, that's where we were. My jam. <laughs> Man, I, I want to throw a couple of answers of my own on to the end of this, which is just, you know, um, you know, first, I guess, maybe the boring answer, which is that, like, I, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really a fantasy guy exactly, you know. It's like, yeah, I get into some of that stuff. But, like, I, I've always had in the back of my head wanting to do, like, sort of my version of a 5e campaign, um, which is, like, you know, something that would make it interesting to me. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of because of its ubiquitousness that, like, I sort of, like, I, I would love to see these four people make it their own you know, and, and, and I don't know, just a thing I've always wanted to do someday is maybe take the four of these people, have them make some five E characters and do like a mini campaign or something like that. Four but bards. Great. Four bards. Right. Yes. What would we even, okay. No, no, no. Let me be a gear or warforged pallid cleric. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought I had it and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness uh what do you do in like the the is there like a food people cook just to be like here is how good a cook i am and everyone cooks the exact same food so they all get evaluated on the basis of that food because that's what it feels like you know in the role play space playing it i i i it would just not be a rogue i would not let myself be a rogue um <laughs> I might indulge myself with wizard because it's such a fun spell list and I almost Ooh. never play. Caitlin? I mean, I love a cleric. I, <laughs> I always play clerics. I love clerics. Um, are we, is this just like what we as people would play or because it sounded like B was making Ulez? <laughs> I was trying to figure out what Ulez would be and they, I don't know how they fit. Me as B, I just play barbarians. Let me punch things. Oh, that's like uh, Operation Nazi Puncher. Well, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, what would you want to play as? I have a thing with 5e specifically where I think that every character is going from one character build to another character build. And like it's between the player and the GM to see if they get close to that or what happens. It's not like a level like 1 to 20. It's like you're going from one thing to another. So I, I would like with this group, I think after playing them like the most pretentious no, it's not. I'm just playing myself. But playing like a coffee <laughs> snob record collector, I want to play a barbarian who wants to be a druid. That would be... Oh, <laughs> I think I would like yes. to play that character a lot. Also, there are such beautiful builds there. Like, mm -hmm. if we're just looking from that perspective. You can have a very good time with like a moon barb. barb. I also want to be able to like punch something um, because I'm, I'm rarely to able to do that in our game. So <laughs> I would love to see you play a heavy. Thank you. And of course, the other game that I would love to take these four through is uh, Lasers and Feelings. Um, just sometime, yes. I, I, I mean, Sam, have you ever played Lasers and Feelings? Because uh, yeah, uh, I played with uh, Amy Dallin ran me through one. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I think you'd, you'd really be into it. Um, and Omar, <laughs> I, I picture you in some sort of Fast and the Furious based variant or something. But um, I can uh, tell you a drift between stories. It's fine. We can do whatever we wish. Uh, for all. Um, <laughs> a Fast so, Five episodes. Boo. Yeah. Oh, great answers all around. Still um, got okay. it, baby. Let's. Uh, uh, the next, uh, Caitlin, you're you're up for the next question towards me. Oh yes, I have very limited technology <laughs> set up in front of me. So you want me to? Tell. You want me to? You want oh, me to? I, go ahead? I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Uh, hey Rick. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Six seasons in a movie. Okay. Thundercats movies. <laughs> movies can be incredibly expensive, um, but. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, make any promises or tie ourselves down to anything, but, like, I've set up a lot of stuff that needs to be paid off, and we're probably going to need somewhere in the neighborhood of six seasons to do that. So I'm thinking, yeah, just power play is probably just about that long. Um, and, you know, and I, I don't want to, I, I don't want it to go on forever because, like, it is, you know, it is something that kind of has a story to it and an ending and a point, and, and I, I I kind of, I'm hoping to see if we can land this puppy on the runway and then stop before we, uh, you know, go past the end of the runway um, uh, to mix. Uh, How are you landing a puppy? Oh, it's a flying puppy that you can With ride on its back. It's, it's like Appa. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of. Um, yeah. Uh, Give it a good yip yip. Oh, yeah, yip yip. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's all get together and watch Avatar after we watch Buffy. Can I uh, run Avatar the RPG for y'all sometime? Okay, hold on, Jake. Let me run Avatar the <laughs> RPG for these books. It just came out and I just finished training for it. Y'all, it is such a good game. Such a heckin' good game. So uh, I played Avatar for tempt on on a lasers and feelings hack, but I haven't played a robust because we did attempting fate of it. And just by the way, out. it it went beautifully. Yes. So I would love to see it with an actual robust system. I think it would game really nicely. Yeah, right. That was, Rio. That was totally one of my favorite uh, attempting fates. Where we had we had Marquia in that, and we had Rick Bear in that, and it was like, and I think Ravity was in that. And uh, uh, oh, she was a regular at that point. I think actually, maybe them were just like when she started. So it was like, yeah, yeah that, she that, was fire fire trash fire right. fire nation. She was just yeah. yes, trash fire fire nation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Yeah, so honestly, Jake, we got to talk. I will vouch for B. They are uh, a wonderful person and and totally deserve a campaign of their own. Hint, hint, not 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 judge. Um, done. So done. Yes. <laughs> Voice of dog. We have it. Yes. <laughs> Watch for that coming sometime before the world ends, probably. Um, so moving along. Um, Okay, we're we're actually coming towards the end of our of our pre-existing questions. We've done really fantastic here. Um, we we get we get a couple of more from Scott, uh, which I put towards the end because I, I didn't want to pile up uh, too many from the same people. Um, but Scott uh, asks for me, how deep does the alternate uh, the alternate world history go? New York City is Port Ruby. Is every state different? Also, are there other state cities, countries, that kind of stuff, or is it all left up in the air? And the answer is, it's all kind of left up in the air. Um, and and at, you know, depending on how important the location is, is whether or not it's real or not. So it's like, you know, Benny 
chose Michigan as their home state, but when it came time to, act, time to actually visit it, we, we made up a fake town, you know, so it could be our own. And uh, like an Operation Nazi puncher, like Villemel, France, we made up for our own purposes. And, and, and Astrovia, of course, you know, is, is a fictional location uh, that's, you know, of some some undetermined importance in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of like as, you know, uh, Grave Glen where, where Vion had his accident and stuff like that. So it's like kind of, yeah, like as as we sort of come up with the need for new locations or just sort of try and find stuff that fits the personality of the game and, and lets it again kind of become our own thing. Um, Remember when you accidentally instantiated New Jersey though? That was my favorite. Yes, I accidentally <laughs> put New Jersey in, which I really didn't want to do, but, uh, you know, it, it is, it's on the record now. So, yes, New Jersey exists in our universe. No offense to the people of New Jersey, but, you know, I'm from New York, and, you know, there's a thing there, and uh, I don't know. Um, so uh, that is uh, answered. And uh, the last question that we have on our pre-existing list uh, before we get to if there, in case there were any questions from chat. Uh, the doc is in the Discord. Oh, there is that. Okay, so I, I will look at that in a second. Um, Phoenix wants to know, how dare, why do you have to give us so many feels? Sam? <laughs> why are you looking at me? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, honestly, we thank you. have a lot of feelings about the characters we've made and they overflow and so we give them to you yeah <laughs> that was a very good answer caitlin wow yeah, wow <laughs> I, I assume that was just going to be a rhetorical question but there's caitlin once again giving like meaningful answers who, who invited you in your meaningful answers Ooh, I, um, I'll go. I can i can no 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 you just, 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 <laughs> i'm absolutely like in the middle of my week be just sitting there thinking like I know Benny is fictional, but I hope wherever she is, she's having a nice day. <laughs> I just, I want that for her. She's trying oh. her best every day. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go over this. Okay, um, okay, for Omar, Librarian Liz wants to know, are powers a thing in the world of Vion's books? Interesting, what a good question. Um, I don't, I, powers in terms of like something that you could just like have interesting, interesting. I think within the DNA of the universe that Vion exists in, technically there is a meta level of dice rolling. So there is sort of like a failure success component in that way. And so I think as a fictional writer, he would have created his own meta structure that I think is based off of emotions <laughs> i think that like there are and people can yeah i think oh also by the way like, in Vion's book yes there is gonna be super <laughs> like there's yeah people are like predicting the future and stuff there's like magic is real in that book but um <laughs> yeah so yeah to answer your question Liz, yes but i think it is i think it's less dependent on like a roll of the dice because that is how the universe is decided and i think it is more of like tied to like some emotional or thematic like spectrum and that's how like those functions. So I don't know if like superpowers work because it's like the Superman is this strong, but in this issue he was able to punch the sun. And like I don't think there's anything in that. I think it's just like um, if someone's like very emotional, like that's how the the powers are reflective of that. It's just like a window into what someone's going through. Cool, kind of 
kind of like a like a magic realism version of superhero, like superhero realism or something. I don't know. I like I like that. Yeah. You're, you're, How you're very Benny as well. Yeah. Like resonating with a ve- the human model of of powers that we have in front of us that seem to work quite like that. In fact, I wonder what Beyond might have been picking up on. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> Heart of Handprints asks, do we have a chance at seeing some new official art this season? Um, that mm. uh, is something I myself would want to know. Uh, uh, our, our official artist uh, is a very busy person. Um, what do you think? A chance? Potentially, yeah. I mean, we there's kind of a thing that we're talking, you and I are talking about, but I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. <laughs> we'll we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk more we'll talk more um but you know we'll say like a, a chance in the sense that there's not no chance yeah no um, i do you know what to tide you over i did before benny's one shot i did draw a baby benny i drew like a 10 year old benny and i will I, I forgot to post it on twitter Penny now. Yes. Penny. 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 with my life. I'm the device that I'm using to do this call, so I will have to do it after this call. But no worries. We will wait. I have, not, I have not met them, but I will kill for them. Yes. Um, Cassidy Weaver asks: Is Vion really dead, and does he know for sure? Oh. Um. Gee, uh, what do you think, Omar? Like, you may not even know the answers to these questions, but, you know. I play to the top of my intelligence, uh, and so um, I'll just answer what I would answer, but as Vion, uh, I don't think he's really into labels. (laughs) Next question, Your Honor. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um... Let's see. I am excited to have more conversations about the nature of that sort of thing, given that we have multiple post-dead characters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think finding out there was a lot happened at the end of last season, but I have a feeling beyond at some point it's going to be like, oh, immortality. So that's an option. All right, let's sit down and quickly chat about this contract because that's a very interesting, uh, interesting thing that's going on there. I'm very excited. It was not a, a point of resonance huh, uh, of the characters at the beginning of the campaign for obvious reasons. And I think of, of the, like, Cadrax and Benny have, like, similar natures of power and approaches to problem solving. Cadrax and Ulez, like, are both uh, from the other coast, so to speak. <laughs> um, but it's nice to have something, like, Cadrax and Vion were kind of at the kitty corner of character relationships in a lot of ways. And this brings them closer together through death (laughs) (laughs) they have something in common now as it should be also i do feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff between uh vian and ulez because there is also a sense of immortality um uh through ulez's build and design and life so oh god exploring that is gonna be uh deep 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 in the wires (laughs) That is like a thing now in this group, like as as an overall. Yeah, uh, Benny, catch up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'm kidding. Just, I love I'm, you. I'm just a guy. I don't know what you like. I know. That is one of my favorite things about Benny is being the like. Why is no one else freaking out right now? <laughs> this is you're the straight man. Are you okay? Oh, right. I Are you okay? That- straight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of RPGs are like, oh, we're murder hobos. We go from town to town and we just go to a tavern and we wreck shop. Nothing has stakes. Whereas this is like, all right, the three of us should sit down and talk about like, what is what, like, not just death, but like, what is life? And then there's Benny at the door on fire. Just like, okay, they, but they are coming. <laughs> like, the villains are coming though. Like you do understand this, right? Like, I, love, I love being the passport character. That was never my intention, but Rick kind of gave me that and I cherish it with my entire heart. So you, you made the closest thing to a normal person, you know, uh, just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, normal person. Um, but uh, so yeah, okay. John Numa um, asks, uh, what is Aunt May making for dinner? <laughs> um, in a throwback to the old tempting fake days. Um, let's see. Uh, that's a question for me. So I will say Aunt May is making um, pad thai. That's it's not so the first good. Time she has. Are we invited to the Oh, yeah. Everybody's invited. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, in Lasers and Feelings, when you roll your number, you get to ask the GM a question. Uh, and we played a whole lot of episodes of Tempting Fate. And honestly, I, I know a lot of us players like figuring things out ourselves and, and asking the GM a question can sometimes even feel like cheating. Not to mention, sometimes you roll your number too many times and you run out of questions. Uh, and at one point, Rick Bud, during our Into the Spider-Verse, a uh, series of Tempting Fate, said you could ask any question, like what's Aunt May making for dinner? Thereby setting himself up for his inevitable downfall as the moment one of us got our number on the die, we had, uh, thereafter it became tradition. It does Good. not matter what IP. Good. We need to know what's the Aunt May having for dinner. Is, uh, yes, the moral of the story is I should never speak. Um, so, uh, moving right along, um, Night Dragon asks um, to everybody, what superpower would you like to have for yourself in real life? Why don't we start, not with B, uh, with uh, Omar. Let's not, I mean, okay, in with this game, I like magic. Like I, I really do, uh, I've got a green screen up, but if I collapsed it, you would see like, it is like a pseudo sorcerer's like, <laughs> like workshop behind me. Uh, I have, I did, I did pick this up recently, but also in honor of destiny, I did get a little crystal ball here. It's amethyst, not necessarily crystal. Uh, but so, but let's scratch that out. Cause I feel like that's like a big, that like, especially in our game, it's like, that's all the powers in one, like, you know, book. So, um, uh, talk to animals. Talk to animals. Why not? Why not talk to animals? I'd love to talk to animals. Like, no I can more, fly. Like I, no I, I, I do I, little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would. I would want to talk to animals. I think. You're the best. Oh my okay. gosh. And of course, you live in like a sorcerer's workshop. That figure. <laughs> um, Galen. I feel like this is such a boring answer, but like I love telekinesis like I think that's so cool I think it's like so versatile it was one thought I had for before Benny was born as a you know I I didn't think of the person I thought of the power first that was one idea I had and then it was the metal metal bending sort of which I ended up getting to do for (laughs) Nazi puncher 
But I love, I wanted to step away from myself because I would have picked, I think telekinesis is cool. Sam. Oh, I think it's a very good thing that I don't get to have them. <laughs> from the person who created Simon. Um. Right. The person who created Simon, um, the most wholesome superhero I ever created, Lacey, was a privacy concern. A deep, <laughs> I was not sold on technopathic powers until I played uh, in the cyberpunk world. Uh, te technopath and cyberpunk OP. Um, but also... Also OP now, I didn't have respect for them and I do now. That's the closest to like a wholesome power that I even get, but like I I would be a nosy bastard who would want telepathy or something. Uh, like the Simon power is terrifying, but effective. Don't let me have them. <laughs> Don't let me have them. Sam, Sam. I love them too much. <laughs> Sam metagames life. Like, like, before we start streaming, Sam comes in and goes like, you know, I was wondering how best to do like anything, like like grocery shopping, and I figured it out. And here's the thing, folks, it's the right answer. Every single time, Sam's like, I figured something out. Like, it's a TED talk where you're just like, you walk out and you're just like, well, shoot, human humanity just progressed that much farther mm -hmm. <laughs> into our future. Every time. And it's it'll consistently never be wonderful. Useful. It'll never be <laughs> useful, that's the thing. But it's like, well, whatever my brain wonderful. Counterpoint, while you did create the utterly terrifying Simon Fripjik, um, you also killed Hitler. So, yes. you know. Would I be effective with the terrifying superpower? I like to think that yes, but I also acknowledge the inherently corrupting potential of so many of these and my own very human frailties, and it's safer not to. Or rather, it's safer that I don't have to make the choice because I would say yes. This sounds like this sounds like something someone who does have superpowers would say just to throw mm -hmm. us off their trail. I would like yeah. to just point out. Mm -hmm. yeah, he, he's, he's actually right. Yeah. Yeah, real sus. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I can't talk to animals, so useless. useless. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving along. Um. Oh, XO Girl Wonder says, how were the guest players chosen for the Origins one-shots? Did each player say, I want, the, I want this person to play in my character's origin story? Or did Rick just reach out to his vast network? I get that. Um, so it, it's actually kind of a mix. Um, like Sam uh, specifically requested Eddie uh, and... and you know, kind of set set the tone for for the, the the sort of you know underground Fight Club vibe of the whole thing, so that we can see a little that that side of Cadrax and, and and you know get the connections and their stick fighting and, and all that stuff. Um, and then uh, you know, and then for for Caitlin and B, I just kind of said to myself, you know, you know, who would be cool to see these people mix it up with? And you know, honestly, it's like. I, I love who I chose for those games. There, there were probably a lot of people who could have played in either of those games, you know, that, that would have been great to mix up with, with Caitlin and B. You know, I would have loved to see them bounce off of. Rick, you, yeah. okay, so I knew who Marquis was. I've worked with Marquia. She is just a delight. But Max, I didn't know who he was. And y'all tried to preface with some <laughs> terrifying stories about this individual that I don't know if you were trying to sell him or make me afraid. 
I mean, I feel like both together is the way to like the notion of preparing one for Max Isaacson is frankly a fool's errand. But honestly, like, it didn't even do it justice. Well behaved. I was feel. a peach, an absolute yeah. just like geriatric peach, and I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> geriatric peach, Max Isaacson. Yeah, I, I, I love Max, and it's like, you know, I've seen him sort of grow up as a player, uh, you know, through Vast, where, you know, you saw him, you know, sort of first learning to perform on camera at the beginning, and then by the end, like, sort of effortlessly flipping back and forth between two completely different characters in the same scene and stuff, like, you know, a real master, but it was like, part part of the casting for the origins was like, I, I kind of wanted to bring back some, uh, you know, my, my tempting fate people, so I wanted to make sure that, like, Rave was in the game, and, and Marquia was in the game, and Max was in the game, and and, you know, it, it, it just kind of worked out well, I think, where everybody wound up. You know, it's like Rave playing a little kid and, and Max getting to play an old man. And we gave Marquia the chance to play a tank, which uh, she, she has never done before and, and kind of did brilliantly. Destroyed um, her enemies. Demolished them. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I and, love you know, her yeah, she she was great. She was great. And, and Laser, you know, is always great in everything. Um, and... Uh, um uh oh and, and and drac it was like i i i wanted for caitlin's game to have one of her buddies from from infinite horizons uh just yeah. sort of you know because it's supposed to be like these were supposed to be like kids who were best friends so somebody who had like a pre-existing feeling of camaraderie with caitlin i thought you know would be cool so it just yeah it, it just worked out really well and uh um Honestly, it's like I, I really want to bring every single one of those people back at some point. All those characters were so great. And, you know, um, that that's what happens when you invite great people on. They do great stuff, and then you wind up having to bring them back because, you know, you're just like, oh, my God, how can I not bring back Ricka Fisher? How, can, how do I not want to see, you know, uh, Will Walton again? You know, it was like it, it was all so great. Um, Wait, how did Dale? I did. Did we hear how Dale got on no. there? Did you? We don't have to talk about this. Yeah. Did no. you also we, believe no, we just move on. Yeah, Dale. Of course, you know. I mean, well, I mean, I've known Dale, you know, for a while now. She was, she was, she was in Future Girl back in the day, playing, you know, one of my favorite characters uh, who starts the brawl in in, in the Big Thirst Blood episode. Um, and I, I was just sort of oh, like. Yes, yes, Dale just killed it in Future Girl. I think I got to punch Max no sleeves in the face or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I was just sort of like, you know, who would make a great scene partner for Omar? And then, you know, none of those people wanted to do it, so I got Dale. Um, and, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, no. I just, uh, Omar, Omar makes it irresistible to just try and, no. Um, and, and it's it better. Like, it's better than I know, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I just you know I I, I know that like Dale and Dale and, and Omar just have this great kind of like back and forth between them, and I was just like, we have to get this into a power play game at some point. <laughs> so so Dale absolutely killed it, and and honestly, it's like yeah, I, I got I got plans for Destiny. Uh, I, I want I want Destiny back so bad. Um, we all have so, plans for Destiny, Rick. We all we all have plans for Destiny. Yeah, I mean, you might have a thing. Okay, so I, I would just like to say, whoever sent Dale a clip earlier, you 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 have like we have a lot of fun on here, but you have made my life a lot harder. I did get the DM from Dale. I am the nightmare scenario. Uh, <laughs> direct quote. So great, I'm gonna have to deal with this later. So thank you very much. Oh, that would be like a 
testimonial on my personal webpage if someone said that about me. So you have given beautiful, beautiful ammunition to your friend. Yeah. Once again, love Dale so much and, and, and hope that we can get Destiny back. And uh, definitely, definitely go check out Dale's series of mythology videos on YouTube and, and stuff. It's like listening to Dale talk about mythology is honestly like one of the most interesting things. I mean, it's like like truly fascinating stuff. Um, okay. Uh, do, 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 Find another good... Okay, uh, Geek Outs asks, if you could have a body swap episode, we used to do body swaps all the time in Tempting Fate, which character would you be excited to play as and which character would you be intimidated or worried to play as? Wow, I Whoa. love this question. Um, why don't we start with... Uh, uh, Caitlin Bruder. That's so much. Um, I think I would be excited. Okay, is this as like us as people or like as our characters? Who would they be most and like least likely? Because I think that might be different. <laughs> uh, let's say. Um, whichever answer excites say, you. Yeah, whichever answer excites you. Okay. okay. Me personally, as Caitlin, uh, would love to be to have beyond's powers i think it would be very fun to play like the ghosting powers and like phasing through things is so cool and so fascinating and you always get to do such like fun problem solving with it and i think that's i think that would be fun a fun little little puzzle set to play around in for a little while i think that would be really cool um i think i would be intimidated by cadrax's power set for the exact same reason, because you are so smart. <laughs> and I feel like I was just, you bring so much like cool science to the table and I feel like I would forget it all immediately. But also- The way with, you use your fire powers makes me press X to doubt. <laughs> it's fun, I feel like all everyone's power sets would be so fun. I already, pl I play a light character in my other in my other stream game that I do. So I feel like I would just like slide right into, I'd be like, I can do this. Like, I know how to do this. I got you. <laughs> B. Heck. Okay, so I've got like a dual answer. Okay, on one hand, I would love to play Cadrax because I love the sense of like justice and the sense of fighting your enemies and always going left. But I also don't think that like I could do them justice because I would just get violent. Like how do you rein it in? Uh, I don't. I think <laughs> half the times I've swerved on Rick were like, remember uh, he didn't expect me to actually hit the vampire and I hit the vampire. He didn't expect me to put Mickey through a wall. I put Mickey through a wall. No, you got it. You nailed it. I think you That's would be fair. a wonderful Catrax. You wake up every day and you choose violence and we are all every here to support you. Look, I just, I want them to give me a reason not to, and then they don't. It's, it, it's frankly befuddling to me. Help me help you not put you through a wall. You got it. Easy. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> I'd Once love again. to see like your literal like stone face like sort of wheelhouse. I think that would be such a good look on you. Oh, it's hard. I don't know how like Caitlin and I don't know how to not be expressive. I'll, I often look towards Caitlin and we're just mirroring just like laughter, shock, and joy. You know, I don't know how to keep it in. And I sometimes I look to Sam and it's either laughter or stony face. And I'm like, where where did you put your where did they put their emotions? How do you just how hard break? 
It's either one or it's the other. You can al- always tell whether or not I'm in character. Yes. <laughs> yeah, once you again, uh, the moral of power play is uh, shower your violence with uh, your enemies with violence. Just mm-hmm. violence is a cure-all and um, should definitely be your first move out of the bank. No um, repercussions. I will not experience negative no, repercussions for no all repercussions. of the above things that I know perfectly well. Like everything I just named, he's going to hurt me later. <laughs> Like I know it's coming, and I've accepted. We'll always. I'm, I'm trying. I'm killing all your mentors as fast as I can. No, I, I can't get them fast enough. So with that, with that, like, what what happens when Cadrex finally becomes a mentor figure? Like, does that like? <gasps> oh, that uh, interesting for Benny's uh, player to ask that question. Uh huh. Waiting for that, actually. But waiting uh, for it, actually. I mean, waiting. Like I'm here. I'm here constantly. I don't uh, sleep. <laughs> we've been talking. We've been talking about this possible dynamic since episode one. <laughs> and it was another reason I was going back to a question we got ages ago, like why we picked the origin thing we picked. One of the reasons was because I really wanted more opportunity to articulate that point of parallel between. Benny and Catrax because wow. as soon as I found out that you wanted to sort of like play a Nova type who was like exploring, like trying to get powers under control, it's like, and I already had an uh-oh die at that point. I was like, okay, I'll start them a little farther along in that journey where like they've learned half the lesson. Uh, and then I was like, maybe, maybe, Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Oh, oh, this is so much we, I think for there was a while where after every episode we do like stars and wishes or whatever, and after every episode it was like every other was like, oh, I can't wait until like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like training, training montage or something. We just that was your start, your wish for a long time. Mm. Um, I want to hear about Omar's body yeah, swaps I, though. Yes. Mm. Body swap <laughs> freaks me out a little bit. Can I just be honest Ooh, about that real quick? Yeah. Body swap, a little freaky. I, I, if someone, if so, if one of you swapped to my body, like f- if it ever does happen, if we ever freaky Friday, like I, that's fine. Like that's, I will not feel weird about it. But I just want to let you know, like if we, if that were to happen, I would feel like a little, like I would call you up, me up, and I would, <laughs> I would call my number because you're in my, yeah, and I'd be like, okay, like do, what do you want to eat? <laughs> like I gotta like take uh... care of your body. So like with that in mind, I think I would, I love. Ulez is Ulez is a superhero tourist, and I love that. And I feel like that's so fun. Mm-hmm. So I feel like hopping in um, and getting to like heal and meet people is really cool. Right. Um, I also think that um, were I to get to um, portray Cadrax in some capacity it would be a, it fulfills two of my dreams one of is being um a, a doctor who has a really interesting backstory <laughs> and the other is having a dog um so both of those would be really cool the person I would be very intimidated to play is Benny because I, Vion's whole thing is like Vion is on a path to be a good if not better man and Benny is the best person I know and I think it's in all like the it's all in the quiet, subtle little moves that Caitlin plays, and I know for a fact I would never be able to play that. So if I if I had to be Benny for a day, I would just be sweating and then catch on fire, and then I would burn a building. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know the first thing to do, and that's what would happen. That's exactly why I'm so intimidated to play like any of these characters. Like I do, I I really I wish 
that I had the confidence in myself to know, like, I am kind enough to play Vion, but, like, Omar, it, it's, it's there already so much that, like, I know that I would miss a moment that you never would. Um, I know that, like, Caitlin is inside of the person Benny is on, like, such a level and has just, like, so 3D this person. And as beautifully as she has communicated that to all of us in the text, that, like, I feel like I know who she is, I don't have that template that, like, I can load into necessarily. And, like, with Ulez, the absolute, like, I love playing curious plant-loving aliens. That's, like, weirdly a thing that I love. Um, and so maybe it's even the uncanny valley of it that mm -hmm. I could never quite match the exquisite wonder that you bring that like I consider myself a curious person but mm -hmm. like the joy that is paired with it just and and how that translates somehow authentically and organically into the interactions with the fauna as <laughs> well and how that somehow feels like a spectrum every single one of you intimidates me ah, no you <laughs> And here's Rick playing half of Hollywood. Yeah, I would like really. to highlight that. <laughs> he is Meryl Streep, it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I were to cast this person to be Meryl Streep, now I will be Meryl Streep. That is Rick every five minutes in Power Play. <laughs> well, I, I just want to throw out there, just a call back to something that Caitlin said before, which is that, you know, just just caught my attention. It's not a question, you know, or an answer to anything. It's just like, uh, Caitlin suggested we do this stars and wishes after every game um where yeah suggested we do stars i make and all wishes my players after. do that yeah and, and and it's you know it's like speaking as as a gm it is utterly brilliant and the most amazing and useful thing it's like sit down for a few minutes after each game with the players and just have everybody sort of talk about what they loved that everyone did and, and what they kind of want to happen in the future. And it's like, it, it's such a window into how everybody feels about what's going on and, and where everybody right. thinks everything is going. And it's like, it, it's become, you know, so much of an important part of like keeping like the beating heart of the show going is knowing that like, that this person loves it when that happens and this person's expecting this or wants this or, and, and, and it's just, I cannot say, you know, to the GMs out there, you know, I, I cannot endorse enough, do this in your mm -hmm. games. It's like, it is worth taking 10 minutes out of a session and shortening your session by 10 minutes to just have everybody sit around and, and share this kind of information because it's like, I mean, whether or not people are having fun in the games is honestly the most important thing about any game, more, more than if you're following the rules and, and more than if the continuity is holding together or, or anything else. It's just like if people are enjoying themselves is really, you know, what it is all about. It's what makes it a game, you know, as opposed to like, you know, paying a bunch of actors to sit around and, and you know. And that's so roles. much the difference. So like really quickly, if folks aren't familiar, stars and wishes, stars are something you want to highlight. Stars are like, what was that golden star 
in this session? What do you want to slap a gold star on their forehead, on their shirt, give them a little badge? Um, and as a GM and as a player, stars are really important because somebody once told me that it's not the entire game that you remember. It's the moments that stand out to you that make those games memorable. So stars are a way for us all to kind of have that post-game conversation about the moments that stuck out to us personally. Because as we talk, we all have very different perspectives of this game and we all absorb like different things very uniquely and i absolutely love hearing what omar enjoyed or what sam enjoyed or like how much caitlin loves something and then a wish is as a gm it is your best hacking tool a wish is something you wish you would have done, you wish you would have seen, or you wish you would like to see. Um, so sometimes a player might regret doing something and they will, we, we can express at the end of the game, like, ah, I wish Ulez had done such and such. And then Rick can put into his brain, like, okay, maybe I can create an opportunity for that in the future. Um, often our wishes are something as lovely as like, we need a Benny and Cadrax training montage. I need them like I need like a, a like a team like a matchup or something that is just going to be absolutely delightful, and that is a wish that has been projected enough. So it's onto our illustrious GM to kind of craft that into the reality of the world that is already established, and it is just like a wonderful way to create that post-game conversation that I think players and GMs need. Like Rick, we give you a space for stars and wishes too because your input is just as valuable. No, my input is worthless, but the rest of that was all <laughs> dead on. Imagine uh, our stars and wishes only taking 10 minutes, though. Oh, Did you hear that? Yeah. Did you, you hear what he said? That? Yeah. Um, gentle it's chat, really, it is an hour. I am so always hard. late to my next game. Uh, I have accepted that at this point. Um, but just, just to pile on a little bit on B, because they say many, many true things, it is the best tool that I have learned from uh, playing at an RPG table in years probably and it is a beautiful practice to position your players to be fans of one another mm -hmm. that is such a great mindset to get all of your players into it it's great i mean i confess it is very easy to be fans of these people um <laughs> that's probably why this the stars and wishes take so dang long um but it's just it's just nice to go into a table with all y'all and, and get to hear things that make other people happy. Like it's a very, very nice virtuous cycle yeah. of a table vibe. Yeah, in all fairness, sometimes it does take a little longer than 10 minutes, but uh, you know, it's worth at least a quick version. So thank you B so much for making that a part of power play. Yeah. Um, all right, we got nine minutes left. So real quick here, we're, there's no way we're gonna get to right. all of these, but um, Fluffy Boat wants to know how much do you love the chat mods? Um, oh, so yeah, I mean, speaking for myself, honestly, it's like the mods are the real heroes of power play. It's like you know, it, it, you know, our superheroes are fictional. The mods are the ones who are actually out there telling the line. Um, so yeah, it's like seriously. Mm. Um, we love you all so much. And, and, and like I always say every week, and I know it starts to sound canned, but it's like we could not do what we do without mods because the internet is a, is a freaking hellhole. Um, and it's, you know, mods are the ones who make, you know, Twitter and, uh, and Twitch, sorry, you know, you know, a, a place that people can enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, anybody else want to shower some love on the mods? Twitter doesn't have mods. That's why it's not a place people can enjoy. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a site of displeasure. 
Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it, it's I I I I'll say this really quickly, and I'll I'll try not to get like too mushy. I I, I there is something very special about the show. We we talk about it a lot, like after when we're doing stars and wishes. But there, like I'll say, I want to say on camera, like on stream, genuinely, there's something so wonderful and special about this show. Um, for us, uh, when we're when we're doing it, for us afterwards, I, I can only speak for us because we talk. But like also just like the general community, the fact that Vion gets to have a book um, that 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 people like interact with, um, it, it, it's. I think there is something very important here and it, it's so wonderful that the mods allow for that space and, and protect, not uh, allow is passive. It is active. It is an action that you do it is a choice that you make. Uh, and I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone who is positively affected by it. And it is only positive effect. Um, so thank you very much. It means more, I think than we probably could put into words, uh, but I'll, that was the best I could do. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Um, so yeah okay let's see uh seven minutes left real quick omar speaking of your book where did vion get the idea for the book that omar is writing asks gemini lightning hi gemini lightning um a wedding that uh vion went to in boston um and then vion's friends decided to leave uh, a day early so vion got to take public transportation which they were too scared to take around Boston uh, around Halloween time. And then he went to Salem uh, and had a great time uh, and just wandered around. And that's, that's that all of that. It just, yeah, all of that. <laughs> wow. You really had an answer for that one. Yeah. I mean, again, this happened to Vion. Omar would never complain about the fact that his friends were too scared to take public transportation, even though a stop in JP was just too, it's fine. It's fine. It was all fine. And that's all, it's a Vion's life. It's not mine. And, uh, <laughs> Bandishin wants to know how many pair of glasses you own. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Look at your um, glasses like, today. They are so yellow. Such a good color on you. Thank you very much. That is very nice of you to say, B. Thank you. Uh, I'll wear it more often. Um, uh, let's see. Inside my room right now, they're in my closet, but probably 10 pairs, I think. I think. To, to match outfits. Uh, what, it's, been a, it's been a quarantine. You only see this. Uh, what else am I gonna um, invest in? Okay, no, so. totally. I don't, I don't wear them, so I don't know what a normal number is. So that's a normal number. Thank you, Sam. Thank Omar, you. I'll, have to, I'll have to show you my collection of uh, ridiculous sunglasses. Yeah! <laughs> that's the thing that I do. <laughs> you are out of control, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new one. It's Every time I see a picture of you, it's new sunglasses. What are those even? Why are you so cool? Beauty. Your oh. beauty. I thought B right. was playing the robot. <laughs> this is my ready for the body swap. Prepare. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I love that you collect glasses. I did. I used to collect like just regular glasses. Caitlin, I collect sunglasses. You have a bunch of glasses. That's very fun. I think I think glasses are fun accessory pieces. I think they're cool. It's fun to get I have one notes. pair of glasses. If these break, I am dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's see, five minutes. Okay, you know, there's no way we're getting to all this. So the last question I think we're going to take for the night comes from our amazing friend, Daly Dale, who wants to know, have we all sung happy birthday to Omar? Is this what we sing it right now? Hold on. Are the, is this song uh, public domain yet? <laughs> it's not, so I guess we can't. Can um, we sing it like weirdly off key and like in a different song tune? 
Well, I mean, okay, we can certainly so recite is, you it. You can't yeah. get automatically DMCA'd unless we are algorithmically matched to a pre-existing recording. By singing mm. as ourselves, we don't match a recording. It's one of the reasons why if you sing a song poorly enough or you flex on it hard enough, you're not going to get picked up by the algorithm. That's separate from the copyright issue, but the algorithm isn't going to ding you. So someone would manually have to find out about it if it were. So, so wait, I'm not even a, a former lawyer. <laughs> I, I, I need I, I need to ask something here before we before we go through with this. Omar, um and, and, and I should know this, I'm a shitty friend, I guess. Is it really your birthday or is Dale just fucking with you? Oh, as much as I want to come I, as much as I because Dale often does that. But this is this is true. It was yesterday and I disappeared I into the desert that. for it. I want it I want to vanish into the heat. This? On a, a birthday think, celebration for Omar? Yeah, honestly, it's like, all right, I, I think we should first, we, we should sing happy birthday to Omar as off-key and non-rhythmically <laughs> as we possibly can to make We're gonna sure. We're going to be out of sync for audio reasons, so it's going right. to be a nightmare yeah, well, audio. We don't, absolutely don't want to take any chances. So, um, mm. uh, one, two, three. Happy birthday. Listenable. I'm so sorry, y'all. Oh, look, <laughs> I wish I was sorry. There you go. Time. So it's happy birthday. Yeah. Ah. There you go. Thank um, you. Honestly, I think that is a just terrifying note to go out on, <laughs> but it's kind of perfect. Um, so I want to thank Caitlin and Sam and B and Omar, and I want to thank Darren DePaul and Amy Dallin and Eddie Doty and uh, um, Laser uh, Weber and Ravity Domse and uh, uh, Draconique and um, Marquia McCarty and Max Isaacson and Daly Dell Kingsmill um, <laughs> and Gina DeVivo uh, and that everybody who has uh, uh, been on Power Play and Jake and Lauren and, and the mods at Q Times who make this whole thing possible. And of course you, the people who, you know, uh, came here to listen to all these uh, answers and questions and stuff and, and come to watch us be ridiculous every week. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't think I can ever prop properly sum up in words how much this all means to me and, you know, and, and maybe to the, the people that, you know, here together, but uh, we, we seriously love y'all and uh, thank you so much. And um, and we will see you next week for the season three premiere of Power Play. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, thank you for playing with us. Good night. Hey, everyone. This is Sam DeLev. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Your review helps other fans find the show, which really helps us out, too. And if you're looking for other ways to support PowerPlay, follow us on Twitter at PowerPlayRPG for news about merchandise, giveaways, and everything else we do.